This is the Black Nerd Talks podcast. This is your main host, Eb. I'd like to tell you a little bit about me before we start. I'm a social worker and men's rights advocate with an extensive history in competitive esports such as Guilty Gear, Gundam vs. and Street Fighter. I hope that today's episode will provide you with some nerd self-help through deep conversational interviews and open discussions where you hear the stories and perspectives of our fellow nerds. Join us as we uncover the themes and messages found in the mediums of anime, video games, and as well as comic books and how we can apply the life lessons found in them to deal with our everyday struggles. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Discord all under the same name and logo of Black Nerd Talks. Follow us to let us know what you think of the latest episodes. We'd love to hear your feedback. Following us will also allow you to keep up with when we drop the latest and newest episodes. We also have an Etsy shop where if you search Black Nerd Talks, you can find our Black Nerd Talks t-shirts and crewnecks if you'd like to support the podcast. Okay. Hero Academia and Naruto, the tale of two dropouts. So this is an episode that I, I've been looking forward to do for for a very long time. These characters mean a lot to me. Specifically, we're talking about Deku, Izuku Midoriya, and Rock Lee from the Naruto series. We might touch a little bit on Naruto himself. Naruto is not my favorite character. And for those that don't know, Rock Lee is one of my favorite anime characters of all time. He's had a huge impact on me growing up in terms of what it means to work hard, to be, delica- to be dedicated, to be diligent. And I have here my co-host, Yep, Jordan. It's good to be back again, man. It's really good to be back. I appreciate you. I appreciate you being here. I appreciate your commitment. I appreciate your willingness to, you know, explore these more mainstream anime. I've been waiting to talk about these two shows for a long time. I I remember when my homegirl told me to watch Hero Academia, she was just like, "I think you'll really like this main character. Something about that reminds me of you and like, you know, your own values." And when I'm watching it, I'm just like, "Yo." This guy is literally, if Rock Lee was the main character of his own anime, his relationship with All Might is literally the same thing as Rock Lee and, and, and Might Guy. All Might, Might Guy, they both have Might in their names. How did anyone <laughs> not see that? Like, it's so obvious. They're both screaming and loud and they're punching and breaking their arms while they punch and trying to help people and they like wearing green. What? <laughs> Yeah, they have an interesting relationship. Who is it? And Guy Sensei and do, do you say Guy Sensei or Gay Sensei? I say Guy because his sensei. name is properly Might Guy. Like yeah. I say, you know, for those of us who are old school nerds, as you called us, I said old school. You said old school nerds when we were texting the other day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. old school nerds. We were gonna say Mito Guy because that's that's all we've seen. That's how it was fan. That's how the fans upset it. It was just Mito Guy. We didn't know it was actually a little translation of Might Guy. Yeah, I like, but I like the relationship between between Rock Lee and I guess Mike Guy, as you call it, <laughs> better than than Deku and All Might. Really? Because, mm-hmm. because yeah, because because flattery is a form of imitation, right? Mm-hmm. So you can see exactly how Rock Lee really admires his sensei, mm-hmm. and everything and everything he does actually reflects. I'm gonna say Guy Sensei. I don't like saying Mike Sensei for some reason. No, but, no, no one says guy, no one says Mike Sensei. Everyone calls him Guy Sensei. I mean, that's what Rock Lee calls him. Yeah, so so Guy Sensei, you can kind of think he does actually mimics. He wants to make him proud, right? He really wants to make him proud, and you can kind of see the desire to make him proud is very high in comparison to Deku and and All Might. Whereas Deku is has this idea of All Might, where it's yes, I really admire you because of who you are and everything you represents, but 
the moment I found out, you know, who you were, that you're not really, I mean, you are all might, but you also have this vulnerable side of you. I don't know anymore, but he still has that respect, right? I've, I've never seen the opposite, to be honest with you. And I would say, like, that was a transformative part in their relationship is the fact yeah. that no one's getting arrested for those that are hearing that in the background. I oh, think that's, yeah. yeah, I think that that was a transformative part in their relationship that I think a lot of people, what's what I'm looking for? They underplay. Just the idea of having someone that knows who you are, who knows your alter ego, if you will. I think um, I think All Might's the only one that actually has, in a sense, an alter ego. Seeing your alter ego and still looking up to you, that shows, that shows the, the depths in which Deku values All Might. And that's something that like I, I've personally hold dear to my heart. I have a really close relationship with my dad. And so seeing Rock Lee with with a uh, guy and seeing Deku with All Might, it really reminds me of my experiences with my with my dad. And just always want to make him proud. Seeing his I, I see the faults in him. I see I always wasn't perfect, but he's still someone that that built a lot of strong foundations in me that I was able to build off of till this day. And just when you're looking at both of their experiences and you're hearing like All Might and Guy tell their respective students and, you know, sons, not sons, if you will. Because let's be honest, like yeah, they're basically father and son in both shows. To make them proud, that had a big impact on me because that's something that I'm always trying to do for my dad. Not to say that he's never proud of me. I'm tr- constantly seeking his approval. But it's something that I ask myself, are you, are you doing your best? Are you doing the things that like he'd be proud of you for doing? In terms of just trying to be better with yourself. We may not always agree on things, my dad and I, but he's it's the idea of making him proud in terms of me making my own decisions, even if it's decisions that he may not agree with. Uh, watching Hero Academia, the thing that hooked me, despite all the stuff about you know Deku and All Might, was uh, the quote. And I want you, I know you had some stuff to say on it at the beginning of the show. The f- first like what four minutes after Deku gets well, Izuka at this point gets beat up is that he says, all men are not created equal. This was a reality I learned about society at a young age of four. Now, that had a personal impact on me that hooked me on the show, even before, you know, seeing all my go crazy on, on the Nomu and all that stuff. But I wanted to get your perspective on it. I know you had some stuff to say on it. Yeah, so how am I going to say this one? Because I feel like I'm just going to write here. But okay, um, just go. Yeah, so of course... I agree with that statement. So not all men are not created equal. Wait, was the statement all men created equal or not equal? All men are not. So I completely agree with that statement. And I think that one of the most dangerous thing, you know, because I'm I'm doing for anyone who may not know, I I was actually studying political science. More specifically, I was studying public administration and governance, right? So I have a little bit of understanding when it comes to sort of like the sociology aspect in this mm-hmm. so i think one of the most dangerous thing you know politicians or leader can even over the past has done is promote this idea that we are equal right so it, it is like you know what let's throw away the unfair advantages that people have mm-hmm. and that might have said you know what you may be stronger you may be more beautiful than other people but that doesn't matter because we're all equal right in theory this may look like is just is fair but in reality, it's going to say otherwise, right? Because what's promoted in theory is not often case the reality. And that's what we always see. So, for example, 
do you remember during the pandemic where they were saying reality because everyone is struggling? Let's just give everyone money because now they're staring at home. And this sounded good. Do you remember that? Of course. It sounded yeah, good. The, the, what's it called? The, the stimmy checks, both in Canada and the U.S. Yeah. But look what happened in reality, right? Now, a lot of people don't want to go back to work. And a lot of people start to realize that, hey, you know what? Now that we have to go back to society, why should I work for the next 30, 50 years when I could just do YouTube? Because now they spend so much time indoors. So the, the whole point I'm trying to say is things can look good in theory, but in reality, that's not the case. And that goes for unfair advantages. Like, of course, if you're smarter, right, you're, you're going to get into doors that others cannot. If you have authority, influence, or whatever, enough resources, you're going to have an advantage. Yeah, you're going to have an advantage over others. And we all know this is true, but this is something that we do not often think about until it happens to you. So the story was this, and this is what I told it. So this happened to me two weeks ago. Right. So I was out on a date with this girl. We went to Casaloma. Right. So I decided to, you know what, let me let me bring this girl to Casaloma or something like that. And, Isn't that expensive? I can't remember what Casaloma is. What is that again? Casaloma is like this very antique castle. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just it's just a it's just an old castle. It's just like okay, one of those okay. historical historical. Oh yeah, Toronto's um, castle. I heard about dieting. that. Yeah. So we so they were hosting a haunted house over there. So I decided to bring a girl out to a date on this. So there's two courses to this event, right? So the first course you do the first course, and after that you take a break, and after that you do a next course. So we had a really good time. We enjoyed ourselves, but then I had to hook up my. One of my one of my good friends reserved me for uh, another place called the rec the rec room so this I is where you could just play yeah so you could just play arcade games and and whatnot over there so after we finished that right so after we finished the haunted house at castle Oma, called the uber i made myself look good of course leadership i'm taking you know i'm taking i'm, I'm taking uh, yeah i'm taking initiative and all that so called the uber we went there and then what happened when we arrived at the rec room was that you see a huge crowd, right? And I'm confused. I'm just like, oh, you know what? Like, I could care less about the crowd because I have reservations, so I'm good. I don't have to wait. And that's exactly what happened at the Castle Loma. There was such a long lineup, but because I had a VIP, I didn't have to wait, right? I could just go straight in. Right. But, but listen, listen. So this is where it gets really tricky. And this is what I say. Having authority, influence, and resources is very important. Because when I got there, they said, oh, you can't come in. And I said, what do you mean I can't come in? Like, I have reservation. Like, check my phone. And he was like, well, this place has been booked. The minute they said that, they said it was, it's been privately booked. The minute they said that, I quickly looked towards the girl. And I wanted to make sure that she never heard this. Because I didn't want her to know that there's level to this game. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like there's level to this game and I'm with a and I didn't want her to think like subconsciously think that I'm with a guy who isn't there, like who can't call these type of shots, even though it's unrealistic. You see what I'm saying? But people have these sort of fantasies. Right. So what happened was I said, No way, but I made a reservation. They said, Well, someone privately booked us. Mm. So then I had to do like a crazy walk of shame. And in my mind, what do I do now? Because we had such a good time and we were at the peak interest. Like she was really feeling me. We we're having good conversations. She was telling me how much she liked me. And now I had to do a walk of shame. 
and I didn't have a third plan because mm-hmm. of course I made a reservation, right? Mm-hmm. So what happened? I'm just walking. I'm just walking. And now I have to fake it. I have to say, I have another plan, mm-hmm. but then I really don't. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, but then it made me realize, it made me realize that what I was saying, because the moment I got home mm-hmm. after the day ended, whatever, like, you know, it's a long story, but after, after the day ended, what happened was I go on Instagram, I call my friend, I tell them exactly what happened. And he was like, well, you never heard the news. I said, what news? He was like, the rec room was booked by Drake for his I little son. I knew you were going to say Drake. I knew you were going to say Drake. No, I'm telling you. No, but, that, but, but imagine this. It was booked for his little, for his son. Of course, the, you know, he's going to have his entourage play games or whatever. But it was booked for his son. And in my mind, I was like, there is no way this happened to me. Like, of course, I know that life is, of course, life is unfair, right? It's not fair at all. But the fact that it happens to me, it happened to me, I don't know. I got mad, but then I understood the game. Damn, I can't do nothing. I just have to gotta hug I, the L. I just have to hug the L and do something. So I've come to realize that, man, man that, yeah, that was my story. It was just so crazy. Yeah, that's that's life. And so when I was watching this song, I saw that quote. For me, it, it reminded me of when I got first diagnosed with my my learning disability. I call them learning challenges. So I may use the terms in, interchangeably. I find disability is very disempowering. I mean, that's mm-hmm. a clinical term, right? But I find learning challenges because you're just the way you learn is more challenging than others. And not to say that you can't learn because disability implies that there's something wrong with you, right? Okay. And so when I was assessed, I realized that like, I'm not on the same. And I, and I really thought when I, so I got assessed, I'm 33 now. I got assessed when I was 21, a good 12 years ago. And I remember thinking to myself when I first got diagnosed that like, I'm not on the same footing as everybody else in terms of school. And I thought back in terms of why school gave me a hard time. And it honestly just made sense as to why I had such a hard time. And that's for me is when I was like, we're not, we're not the same. Like I'm, I don't learn the same way as everybody else. So how am I the same as it? How am I the same as everybody else? If I can't even learn the same way as everybody else. Yeah. Right. And that just goes to a lot of other facets and, and, and aspects of life. We're not all the same. We're not of the, all the same capacity and skill sets as, as others are. And being assessed with my my learning challenge, see how they call it, learning challenge instead of learning disability, mm-hmm. made me force no, I even made me force me to become acutely aware of my strengths and weaknesses as to how I can work within the system in this case school on how I can get by. Because if I go about it the same way as like maybe my sister who is a lot more gifted than me in terms of school, she's a doctor. Who for those who don't know, I'm not gonna come out the same way. I. I think we've covered in other episodes the same quote. The definition of madness is trying to do the same thing over and over and expecting something to change. I got to do things differently in terms of how I do schoolwork. So in those cases, I really focused on doing assignments and papers really well. Because I'm very good in English, so I, I really made sure to use my strengths to get me through school. So the, t- the, the, in terms of like university, like my exams, I would come out with like a 60%, but my paper would be an 80 or 90. So it balanced out to be about like a early seventies mark. You see what I'm saying? And all my assignments, everything would accumulate 
to balance out the exam point because mm-hmm. I wasn't good at I wasn't good at exams. So that's the reason why like the show had such a big impact on me. And even also like growing up, I also wasn't naturally athletically gifted either. I was definitely, especially since I was part of the Yu-Gi-Oh club, the guys were playing Yu-Gi-Oh and Pokemon cards. No so way, you you were you were you were that type of person. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was that kid. I was that kid. <laughs> you were those kids. Yeah, I was the kid who who rolled up to school in the Pokemon cards and everything. And so I wasn't athletic. I wasn't good in sports, which we're gonna obviously expand on that. But because of that, I was it was me and all the other Yu-Gi-Oh Pokemon club lovers club. Or always the last four to pick pick for gym class because you don't want these guys they're gonna make you lose so you got to pick the least worst so it was interchangeably us four who were always the last one picked and no one ever wants to be the last one picked i know like for deb i don't know if you know she works with children she actually just picks the team so no one ever gets picked last but that was the same thing that was the thing i dealt with from high school from elementary school and a little bit of high school high school i started to figure out at least basketball i could figure out how to do but for the most part i'm not athletic oh that's interesting in my position what happened was because i was i was very good at basketball because i played at a very high competitive level competitive level mm-hmm. i would you know so funny first i would pick i'll start off picking a very good player and then i would pick the second or worse person mm-hmm. to prove just how good i was and to make it more challenging for myself so that's what I would do. But the reason I why I had those people. <laughs> so I wouldn't do it. I'll, I'll tell you one thing. I wouldn't do it out of pity. I would do it to to challenge myself, to to make sure that my skills were that good, that no matter, of course, I have to have a world player with me, but no matter who was on my team, like. You can I'll make be, it work. Exactly. I can still make it work. But the reason why, personally, I liked Rock Lee a lot because, you know, I love this philosophy, right? Like I was able to relate to the feeling of always being doubted mm-hmm. and uh, I guess not included also. Mm-hmm. But most importantly, like I liked, I liked his uh, tenacity and just his sheer drive to become the best version of best version of himself. Right. So like I said, I used to play basketball, right. On a competitive level mm-hmm. and I've always wanted to be the best version of myself. So the fact that he was able to um, believe in himself the way he did, Mm-hmm. sort of spoke to me because there's power to that right mm-hmm. there's power to that i remember i think it was my i think it was my little brother who once told me that no matter what you do in life if you don't have the confidence to do it mm-hmm. it just looks bad mm-hmm. it really just looks bad and especially when you're playing basketball right it's mm-hmm. it's a mentality thing like you of course you need to have the skill sets but i've seen some of one of some of the best players when they lost confidence within themselves like they looked average, mm. like they didn't believe when, yeah, when they true. did not believe in themselves that day for that day. I mean, just they like just... when we're talking about bleach, right? Just the idea of having faith in yourself, like everything's in the mind, like a majority of sports or competitiveness is in the mind. It's not so much like obviously training and being adequate in terms of your skills is important. But if you don't have the mindset, actually, there's the perfect quote from guy, right? There's no point of working hard if you don't believe in yourself. And I agree. I agree. And and you know what? Like I see it like this too. It just looks. It doesn't look good. It, it just looks ugly. And can you imagine? Let's say for example, let's say for example, you're trying to be a leader. You're trying to be a counselor, a camp counselor, whatever. You're trying to be a leader, and you just don't have confidence. It just looks weird. 
yeah that's the way that's that's the way i see it like it just looks weird imagine trying to play video games even video games right and you just don't Mm -hmm. have confidence and you're just like oh you just shake you know Mm -hmm. it it just looks weird anything you do without confidence to me personally it just looks weird yeah and building your skills also helps you i don't really like the fresh and fake guys but they have like a really good quote it was competence breeds confidence i agree with that like the more you become competent you work and being competent in something is not just doing something but practicing and dedicating yourself to something it just yeah. helps you build a sense of confidence and then that bleeds into your competence like it creates a very cyclical effect and it creates more opportunities for yourself i think that's a i'm, I'm gonna say something to that i think that's an add-on I think the competence part, I think before competency, I think a belief system needs to be, needs to follow before that. I, Because I, remember, let's let's look at Deku, for, for example. He was not competent at all. Except in school. Yeah, like literally classes. That was about it. Yeah. In, in terms like, of yeah. wanting to be a hero, like he was not competent at all. He was not fit mm-hmm. to be a hero. But the fact yep. that he had this unrealistic <laughs> expectation of himself that he believed that he could be a hero. So mm-hmm. because he had that, he was ready to accept to be a hero. So the day when he did become a hero, everything just fell into place because he had that belief system. And then along the way, he just became more competent at it. And it was easy for him to become competent at it because he had that belief system. That's a great point. That's actually a really good point. And I was thinking about that too, just watching Deco and just... And even Rock Lee, too, just the amount of times that they get shut down, right? Yeah. By the world, just telling them they can't do it. But they'd still, even though it took, and, you know, we're going to expand on that, but it took, you know, just that one person. And I just want to remind people that it just takes just one person for both of them, as much as like they eventually built themselves to who they are. And in terms of, like, you haven't seen where, where Deco is. And a mild spoiler for narrative, Rock Lee becomes one of the strongest characters in the series. But, thank you, but thank you for the spoiler. I won't go into details. You see it for yourself. <laughs> but I say that in the sense of because I know you're you're still building yourself up in terms of Naruto. So you're just I'm not even going to tell you anything that happens in terms of the series or where that goes. But it t- for them to get to that point where they are, they first had they just required one person. Like you can do it, and you can see how for both of them in terms of you know guy telling Rockley he's a genius of hard work and all my telling Deku that he can become a hero you saw they both broke down they're just like I, that's all I was asking for I just needed validation for everything I was doing I wanted to know that there's actually a purpose and point to what I'm doing I kept doing it I was going to keep doing it but I wasn't going to do it in the same way that if someone actually believes in me that telling me that I can do it mm-hmm. and that was the same thing with me I just had very specific people like one of the person that like always pushed me obviously like i said before was my dad he just like you can do it and that's what kept me going for a lot of the points where i felt like i couldn't he was just like no you, you can do it and that sometimes like i said that's all it takes exactly you know that's yeah. the role in terms of me actually becoming competent in something like basketball i don't know if we ever talked about it but i actually used to play basketball and because i started late like i think i started in grade seven you know most people who've been playing basketball they've been playing since like you know grade two or something so you can imagine this, this, the, the, along with me not being athletic naturally, the gap in skill between me and others was huge. Was, was your father your guy sensei? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I think we talked about it before. Yep. My friends would call my dad guy sensei just because of like, he, he didn't know so much. Like he, he I showed him a bit of Naruto in terms of guy and he know, he knows, he, he knows of the character, but 
he didn't know people like all my friends would call him guy sensei because he was that guy in terms of pun intended Um, i was just that was nice (laughs) yeah pun intended for not just me but my other friends you know guy would also support other well you'll see it he supports other characters but obviously rock lee is his is his prodigy right is his Mm -hmm. protege is his son his his son not son and that played a big impact on me in terms of me pushing for and doing things in fact like almost every so when i when i got to high school i got cut from the basketball team every year until grade so for us in quebec high school was up in grade 11 so that's the last year so grade 11 is when i actually like made the team i couldn't play because i had my back surgery not too long mm-hmm. ago the year before but i actually made the team i actually made the cut because of me just diligently practicing on my shooting range so i would go to the basketball court on like every saturday yeah from i think 10 a.m to about 2 p.m this is like when i was 17 18 so i don't remember that well mm-hmm. 17 actually and i would practice i wouldn't go home until i landed and I, you as a basketball player understand where, where, where how far i went with this i wouldn't go home until I landed, what was it like? It was, I think it was about 50, 50 to 100 three-pointers. And I, would shoot on, and I would shoot on double rims. Okay, that's pretty good then. Yeah, and I wouldn't go home until I made that. And if I didn't make that, I'd have to keep shooting. Like, I had to do five straight, five straight, like at each of the, you know, the specific points on the three-point line. And then I would have to do about, like 10 to 20 free throws and then suicide layoffs. Like 10 to two, it might've been like nine to two or something along those lines every Saturday until it got, cause you know, it's, it's Montreal, we're in Canada. It's going to get cold. So I used the whole summer to do that until that point. And so that's what allowed me to, to actually make it through the cut for the first time, because there's a really cool quote that Rock Lee said that I very much related to when he was talking to Guy, you know, when he when Guy was first, when him and Guy, when Rock Lee and Guy was first connecting, he was saying how every time he was on a mission, his legs would tremble. And that's actually the case for me when I would play basketball, I'd always get nervous. Mm-hmm. And so I wouldn't be able to perform during basketball trials, so I'd play really bad. Because, you know, like when you're so psyched up on like, oh man, if I make a mistake, I'm going to get cut. So in order for me to overcome that, I just practice three points to the point where I don't have to think about it anymore. So when I was in tryouts, my threes were just landing. Even though I was nervous, I was able to overcome that by just having practicing three so much. I knew exactly I could. I wasn't very good at other positions. I didn't have very good basketball IQ because, you know, that plays a role. But I knew my threes will land. My threes will drain, especially since it's single rim. I was shooting on double rim. So just going back on, and I was doing this even before I was watching Naruto. I was already watching anime at that point, but I didn't really... Actually, I was watching Naruto dub. I didn't get to that point with Rock Lee yet. And so when I saw Rock Lee take off weights, I was like, this is exactly me. This is exactly what I do all the time. I make, (laughs) whenever I'm practicing things, I make it extremely hard for myself. So when I have to perform, it's easy. It's it's soft. But the idea of overcoming that that nervousness was just from like me just constantly practicing with myself every day. And that played a role in terms of like my competency when it comes to esports with like, with regards to fighting games like Guilty Gear. I don't know if there's any points that you can relate on that in terms of that, but that's something that really connected with me in terms of Rock Lee and his his diligence. The examples you brought up, yes, it's it's very relatable because one of the things people used to say, especially when you play basketball, is that you always hear the term, "Oh, this guy's a practice player," 
but in game he can't perform. And so, you know, so definitely I, I I understand exactly what you're saying. What I used to do was because even if whether you play, you know, for fun, competitively, or even professional, you're always gonna have that nervousness. I've I've, I've noticed. But one of the things that I used to do was I used to try to shoot really far so that when I'm at the three point line, it wouldn't be as hard. Mm. So I I used to Wait. try to so sort of like it's sort of like the the sort of like Steph Curry before mm-hmm. Steph Curry made that popular. So I used to, shoot, to talk about by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I used to shoot really far in because I wasn't really much of a shooter. I was a mm-hmm. mid range jumper. So I used to shoot really, really, really far. And then I remember game game time comes and then I'm able to shoot some threes because oh, this is not as far. It's it's very psychological. It's mm-hmm. very psychological. It's easier. Yeah, it's easier. And especially when you practice for that long and that many shots, yeah, it becomes easier. So I can definitely relate to what you're saying. Yeah, I think if I remember correctly, there's actually like, I think there's studies on it where like those who compete in anything, your skills are actually going to go down no matter what in terms of performing for a crowd. It varies from person to person and, you know, your your idiosyncrasies, but your, your, your competency is going to go down. So what you want to do <clears throat> is bring your skill level to a point where even if your skill level goes down, it still is of a good standard. If you get what I'm trying to say, you want to make me like at like 150%. So if a crowd is there, you only fall down to about 90 to 100%. Rather, if you try to get to 100, you're going to fall to like 50. And that's when you obviously look incompetent, right? And so yeah. that's always been my mindset when it comes to stuff, just to build myself in terms of having a skill that I know the ner- how the nervous system will affect me and it'll diminish. You know what's so interesting that you say that is that I used to play very good if the opposing crowd would tease me. I played very good. Huh? Yeah, yeah, I was one of them. Yeah. I remember, I would never forget, but I remember there's this one guy that said, hey, number 11, do you think you're that good? And I was at the free throw line. Everything was quiet. So I remember I made a free throw, turned back, and I was just like, shh, you know, just be quiet. Yeah. And I, it. man, yeah. I was, no, I was, yeah, I played very well. Like if, if you try to, if you try to tease me or mock me, I'll play, I'll play really good. But if everyone was with me and just cheering on and I just, I just played okay. I'll just mm-hmm. right Interesting. I can't really say, it depends on what it is. I don't say anything when someone's trash talking. I wait till everything's done. That's always been my thing. I wait till the game is done. Like, you know, especially, like I said, you know, I'm more esports, so, you know, fighting games. I'll wait till it's done, and I'll be like, what were you saying? <laughs> Man, I live, in but, the, I live in the moment. I need that pressure. But I would say, so, you may have heard of the game Dragon Ball Fighters. It's a fighting game made by the same company as Guilty Gear. And one of my friends said that I won't be able to beat him in it. Even though he's never really played traditional fighting games, he said that I won't be able to beat him because he's a, he's a god in any Dragon Ball game. I was like, yo, this guy's talking trash. You know what? <laughs> we went to play the game with another guy I know, and he beat me. Because, like, you know, I play I play on our... I play... Hold on. Let me put it. I think you've seen it before. I play on an arcade stick. So I, I'm really serious. And, like, I didn't know... I didn't I didn't really watch much of Dragon Ball Fighters. I don't really like the way the mechanics work. I wasn't just really a fan of it. I'm not a crazy Dragon Ball fan. Mm-hmm. And 
when we were playing with it, I also didn't understand the mechanics. And for me, I know that I have to sit down with a game for at least a few hours to understand the mechanics, how to move, how to combo. I can't just figure it out on the fly. It's not how I am. I have to have a very good fundamental understanding of the game for me to start doing things on the fly. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I can't. Even then, I can't even learn a bunch of characters. I have to stay with very specific characters and then become a character specialist. I'm not one of those people that, you know, they play 15 characters. It's like, no, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not sick like that. But I will specialize with one or two at best. Mm-hmm. And so we went to go play Dragon Ball Fighters. He floored me, right? So, oh, but I, I didn't care. Wait, like wait hold on. Are you, are you talking about the Dragon Ball Z fighter game? Yeah. Oh, that one. Oh, yeah. I didn't like the way it looked. I love the way they did a great job with it in terms of yeah, matching the 3D, 2D thing. But I don't yeah. like fighting games that don't have very good. So I'm going to go into the little particularities about fighting games now. I don't like fighting games that have very, that have very little defensive mechanics. Dragon Ball Fighters is a very offensive game. There's yep. nothing wrong with that. Is this is not my cup of tea. So I say that in a sense of you're playing the game. He floored me. But for me, I've learned to keep my ego in check because if I were to worry about every time I lose at something, then I'll be always fixated on trying to beat and prove, my, prove myself to other people. It's a waste of time. Like, I don't need to do that. He played. He won. I was like, that's oh, whatever. I'm not really going to. I don't want to play the game anyways. This guy started talking trash on the way home. He was like, bro, I'm the god in Dragon Ball games. You may be Rock Lee, but I'm Sasuke that works hard. You're not going to beat me in Dragon Ball Fighters. I that said, doesn't oh, even make yeah? sense. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah? Because yeah. at this point, because Dragon Ball Fighters came out on PlayStation 4, they didn't come on PS3. I was still playing Guilty Gear Exerd, which is a PS3, PS4 game. It's a cross-platform game, right? It's a cross-system game. So I was still using my... Uh, my old arcade thing that I modded with my dad. Okay, I didn't need to get a. I didn't. I wasn't playing any PS4, Xbox One exclusive fighting games. I didn't need to get new arcades. That's how uninvested I was or disinterested I was in Dragon Ball Fighters. He said that I was like, "Oh yeah." Bought myself a PS4 arcade stick. Bought myself Dragon Ball Fighters. Practiced the game. I picked Goku, Adult Gohan, even before I knew a tier list. I just picked the characters I liked. And Trunks, because Trunks' Japanese voice actor is the same as Kai and Guilty Gear, and they both have blonde hair and swords. So those are the three I played, plus Goku and Gohan. They're all like what's called Shotos, so they play like Ryu. And those are the characters I tend to play in fighting games. So I know exactly what works for me in fighting games. Practice those those three characters for like a total of like five hours. Like if you look at my trophies, like you can search on my profile, Blade of Justice 7. If you look at my account, I only have one trophy, which is training mode for like a few hours. That's what I did. I don't know, but the the ego sounding crazy about now. Oh yeah, yeah, we're going somewhere with this. He said that he's like, I'm Sasuke that works hard, and you're not gonna be. You may be Rocky, but you're not gonna. Oh, and oh yeah, that was the thing he said. This is the this is when I decided to play the game. He's like, you might be good in Guilty Gear, but you're not gonna beat me in any Dragon Ball game. You do know the people who made Guilty Gear are the people who made the Dragon Ball game. He's like, I don't care. You're not gonna beat me. I was like, so you're gonna talk about Guilty Gear? Okay, okay. Now I'm invested. So I bought the I bought I bought Dragon Ball Fighters. I bought a New Arcade Sick, practicing him for five hours, went to his place on his birthday, beat him like I think it was like 10 to 2. And my last move being a father-son, you know, like Goku and, and Han doing the Kamehameha on Broly, like that move. You remember that move? Yeah, father-son Kamehameha. Exactly. So they did that. That was I I finished the combo, knocked him down, 
I did the father son command mea. I put that Marakasic. I looked at me, don't ever talk shit about guilty again. That was it. I got up. Haven't touched Dragon Ball Fighter since then. I actually give it <laughs> oh, away. Okay, you're those type of players, huh? Yeah, I was like, don't you talk. Are, I, I, you were oh my god. I'll be honest, I do not like those type of players. Like if they get one win, they never play again. To make oh, it no, that was it. I don't like the game. Like, I'm not gonna practice the game again because I don't like it. Like, I, I don't like I, I love watching it, but I don't find it very fun. Like, I don't see I don't want I I'm not paid to play games yet, and also I don't know if I really fully want to in terms of like how esports work. So yeah. I'm not gonna play a game I don't like. But if you're gonna talk shit and think I can't beat you, I'll play you in the game. I'm just never gonna play the game again. Like I played it and I was like, I don't want to play this game again. That's a you play through story mode. You have like 15 characters you picked from. I only picked three. I stayed with the same three. I didn't do anything. You couldn't beat me. You won like two matches. And I also beat all of his other mans. The only guy that beat me at that at, for on his birthday night was someone who actively plays esports Dragon Ball Fighters. Mm-hmm. And even then, I gave him a run for his money. I was like, I don't. After he beat me, I was like, I don't care. I'm not going to play this game again. But I beat the person who talked the shit. That's what it is. Just don't, don't. If you talk to it, I'm gonna come after you. Otherwise, whatever. If you cool, let, what? Let me guess who he beat you with, Broly. Broly, I knew Broly it. was one. No, I, I never played no, the no, game. No. I just know it wasn't he, Broly. It wasn't Broly. Someone tried Broly? to beat me with Broly, but because like I play fighting games, right? Yeah. So I know exactly. This is the reason why I love Renji's fight in the Thousand Year Blood War. He fought dirty. The guy picked Broly. I was like, I'm gonna just shoot projectiles. I'm not gonna go close to the moment I got close to his Broly and his Broly like super armored me like with a Lariat and sent me to the wall. I was like, Oh, you're a grapple character? Like Zangief and Potemkin? I'm gonna just fight long range. People are like, oh, why are you playing? Like, did I win though? <laughs> why am Fair I point. your character specializes in close range? Why am I gonna run at you with trunks? That's a fair point. No, that's how you win their fighting. Is you you do you use your you use your ability. So no, I'm gonna just I just started moving away, dodging him, and only going in after he blocked after he made because he would swing hard with characters with moves that are unsafe, and then I would do a combo, knock him down, run away, and his Broly went out. I was like, I'm not gonna get close to you. Your your character's gonna kill me if he gets close. So I'm not gonna do that, and I won. Like he thought he would beat me with Broly, but I'm not gonna get close to you. You think I'm you think I'm dumb? No, I'm gonna just beat you from long range. That's why I picked these characters in case you'd pick a character like that. The guy that beat me, I think he used Bardock, so I didn't know what to do. By then, Bardock was out. I think it's just Goku when you think Sorry? about it. Bardock is just Goku when you think about it. But he had like that. He had like a, I think it was a super or a special that just went full screen and hit you. You couldn't really react to it. It was a really fast move. Okay, okay. Because yeah. one of his super attack, well, you know, I never played the game, but just knowing the character, because I played Rage and Blast too. Mm. But but one of his special movies, basically the Kamehameha, but just with one hand. Oh, yeah, no, not that one. That wasn't so much an issue. I know you're talking about, like, I'm going to change the future. Not that. He actually has, like, some special <laughs> movies. Like, oh, so, sorry. He always says, like, I'm going to change. I'm going to change the future. He always says that. I don't mean to bark Bardock. He's a dope character. But no, he has a move that like is like a full screen like swing punch. I can't remember. It's either special or a special move or a super move that like, it's hard to react to. So I didn't practice against that, right? Like that's more of a specialized fighting in character rather than like Broly. He just plays like again, like like any other grapple character, like 
a Zangief from Street Fighter, a Potemkin from Guilty Gear. So, oh, if I'm going to follow based off those mechanics, then you have no projectiles, so it means I can run away. That's keep a good running point. away. Yeah, that's a good point. And another thing is, is that, yeah, so you did make your point there, but also, just going back to to the anime, Ruto, mm-hmm. another thing, the, the thing I like about Rock Lee is that, I think I stated this before, but he was a relatable character. I mean, if I had to pick between Deku and Rock Lee and who I relate to the most, 100% is going to be Rock Lee. I think I told you that my favorite characters were, my favorite, yeah, my favorite characters was Gara and Rock Lee. But I'm at a point, that, I'm at a point in the Ruto where I'm sort of exp- actually I am exposed to Garo's personality, and I just don't like Gar anymore. It, it's it's too it's too dark. I I can't relate to that. Yeah, I really I just can't relate to his personality. But now I'm looking at Rock Lee, who has you know he's injured. He's being told that he, he he'll never be a ninja again, and I'm just like wow. I think that in society people will be able to really relate to Rock Lee. He's so he's such a relatable character. I yeah. love Rock Lee. Rock Lee. I'm actually gonna be. There's actually three different sculptures I've seen of Rock Lee lately, and I'm gonna I'm gonna buy them. Like he he's had a huge impact on me. And even in terms of just the idea of specializing, like I said, I, I grew up growing up. I saw a lot Wait, of things. Hold on. So what at. do you mean by specializing? Rock Lee can do ninjutsu. He can mold chakra in terms of doing ninjutsu or genjutsu. And for me, not being good at a lot of things also, so there's two friends. So like I said, overall, I just wasn't athletic. Like even going back in my childhood, I was always, whenever we go, I'm half Nigerian. So we always had like Nigerian parties and events in, in, in Montreal. And I would always come last in the race among our, our my classmates, my, my age mates. I would always come in last. Like I wasn't fast. And so... Overall, I was just seen as like a disappointment in terms of like extended immediate family. Like I was just like, this kid is not good in school. He's not good in sports. He's not, he's, 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 he's a no good. Damedes, no good. So just for people who may not know, but can you just go into why, why he, why is it so important that he was unable to do those two jitsu? And how does that relate to, of course, you not being able to play basketball? Just so people can get that context. Yeah, well, I, w- I would even focus more in terms of school. For me, I, I, my learning disability is called information processing deficit. We've never t- covered it. But essentially, it means that... Uh, so let's say you download a song, right? You have a desktop computer. You download a song. You can see it on the desktop, right? The file is saved there. Even though it's taking up space, you can see the file. In the case of my brain, sometimes you can't open up the file. So it means that sometimes... I'll have the information in my head about like the math equation or the answer, but I might lose it. So my working memory is very poor. So it means I've had to find ways of working around that. The same way Rock Lee struggles in terms of molding his chaga for ninjutsu and genjutsu, I struggle that in terms of math and sciences and whatnot. So I had to develop workarounds around that to be able to get through in life. And that's the reason why I very much relate to him. Even in terms of all the different things I've done, I've really had to be aware of how many things I can take on at a time. So like I said, when it comes to fighting games or even other video games in general, I only learn like at best one or two characters, but I'll specialize in those characters. I'll know everything about those characters inside and out. So it allows me to overcome my opponent who may play like 15 characters. I'll play like one, 
right? It's the same thing with Rock Lee. He specialized in taijutsu. It goes back to the Bruce Lee quote, I don't fear the man who has practiced a thousand kicks. I fear the man who's practiced one kick a thousand times. Yep. I love that quote. Yeah. Yeah. So that was basically me. I I couldn't do all the kicks. The same thing, reason technically, even though Rock Lee is a kicker because, you know, jutsu. But he couldn't do all these different things, but he specialized in one thing to be able to overcome, right? And that's the thing that I, I loved about him is that his, his willingness to specialize in having one specific skill set. There's even a great quote in the show. What was it? I'm trying to find it right now. I think I remember off the top of my head because I had to, this, this show has had such a bit, big impact on me. I'm trying to find it right now. Oh, there we go. Yeah. It's not that when Sakura, so you know, remember like when he was fighting Gara and like uh, Sakura was like, why is he only like trying to punch him? And then Guy responded. I love how Gar- Guy was basically a whole narrative, a whole narrator of the Rock Lee Gara fight. He was like, it's not that Lee doesn't use Genjutsu, it's that he can't. Lee almost has no ninjutsu or Genjutsu skills. That's why the only path for Lee open to Lee as a ninja was Taijutsu. You know, the analogy that you used to describe yourself and Lee was actually beautiful because what you just said now, sort of like, imagine if someone comes up to you and say, well, I can't really read. Like, you're going to be like, what do you mean you can't read? You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? So when yeah. he said, when so when Guy said, well, it's not that he, it's not that he doesn't want to do it or whatever, but it's just that he can't. Do you remember the reaction? They were actually surprised. It was like, as someone said what? that he couldn't that read. Possible? Is that possible? Like, we all have chakra. What do you mean he can't do it and he wants to be a ninja? So uh, that analogy that you said was actually really beautiful. Yeah, because that's me. And that's still me. I remember even, like, when I first got hired with the with my previous job with the Boys and Girls Club, I remember Deb was asking me if I could take on more shifts <clears throat> for work. And they told her that I won't be able to take on more. I know I won't be able to. I have to first really figure out what I'm doing at work before I take on more tasks. I had to first specialize with my task and what I'm given before I add more. So it's not that I don't want to. It's that I can't. And even for her, she was like, what? What do you mean you can't? But I know my limitations in terms of what I can take on because my assessment, like I said, the only reason I was able to get through school is because I had to be really aware of there's things I I just can't do. I can't, uh, like, great example in terms of university. For my sister, she would write her papers, like, basically the night before. So it was a combination of something that she could do, and also the things that she'd write before weren't any good for her, and so she'd just erase it and do it all again overnight. I remember trying to write a paper in one night, and I couldn't do it. I barely got through with it. So I had to learn from that experience that like my I'm just not built the same way as my sister. It's like what we're take, saying about Deku and Rockley in terms of never giving up on themselves. They were just built different. Some people are just like that. So for me, it's not that I, I don't want to write a paper last minute. It's just I, I can't. I can't afford to. So I would actually space out my papers. Once I get assigned a paper, whether it was in college or university, I'd space out the paper over the course of a month. More so than that, I would actually go see, I'd actually write a little bit like the intro and a little bit of a paragraph. I'd go see my professor, get their input on my paper and how, I'm, and how I'm writing it, get their insights to what they're expecting. So I get in the full understanding of their insight and what they want the papers to look like. And then I would finish writing the, and then I would structure my, I'd go to the writing, the writing center. 
I would help formulate my paper on what it was going to look like from each paragraph. Then I would write the paper over the course of a month. And then in the last week or so, I'd go back to the writing center to proofread my whole paper to make, I'd proofread it myself, go to the writing center, proofread my paper with the people with the writing assistant tutors, and then come home, proofread it again to see if I like the structure. And then I think the night before I'd write the conclusion, and then I'd submit the paper. Well, as much as like that's so much detail and so much necessary work, it's the reason why my paper's got 90%. You know, and that's and that's really good because I'm not gonna lie, I, I was the student that I would write my paper like two nights before and but I would get 70s, right? Because I, I didn't do that proper step. But I also wanted to point out this. Now I'm not gonna say this just to say it, but I think that having high self-awareness is a form of superpower because the amount of problems you can get yourself out of and also the amount of self-improvements you can do by having self-awareness, I think that it's, it's unlimited, right? It's the possibility is crazy when you think about it. So I think having high, high, I think, I think having a high self-awareness is, is a form of superpower, to be honest. I, I think you have to be. And that's one of the things that I loved about both Rockley and, and well, I'd, I'd emphasize more deco on this than Rockley in a sense of having that self-awareness of your skills and your strengths, because you're still at the beginning of, of Hero, but one of the things I loved about Deco is because, you know, he's not very much like Rockley, you know, he's not very physically adept. Like, neither of them are very athletic naturally. They both yeah. develop their athleticism. And Deco, because of that, and because he's still learning how to use a one-for-all, is that he's had to be aware of other people's strengths. He has to be acutely aware of, I can't punch like that. I can't swing like that. But... Ida, who has like the engine on his legs, he can he can kick like that. So we can get him to do that challenge. You're gonna see that a lot in season two. Is that you're gonna see him like, okay, this person's good at this and this person's good at that, which has create helped him develop really good, like I guess you could say leadership skills. I can't do this. This person can though. And that's the same thing with myself. I've had to be aware of there's things I can and can't do. Sorry, you're about to say? No, I was gonna say, yeah, so exactly that that's a perfect example of what I mean by self-awareness is, is a superpower. Because look at Deku, for example. Do you remember that one fighting scene when he when he was fighting his childhood friend, the person who yeah. specialized in fire? Back I forgot ago. his name. Bakugo. Yeah. So when he was fighting him, he said, "Well, I know exactly that. I know exactly when you're gonna kick." Yep. All right. So he he used that self awareness to his to his advantage. Not only that. I mean, when you look at now, let's go back to Naruto and with Rock Lee. The fact that he he was able to realize at a very early age that I can't do nin ninjutsu and genjutsu. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I can only do taijutsu. And, you know, I'm fine. Of course, it's not that I'm fine with that, but let me just make the most out of my situation and turn a negative into a positive. And the fact that he was able to realize at such a young age, I think that's, that's amazing. Right. And mm -hmm. now he became, now he's literally the best person, the best taijutsu specialist, specialist in the yeah. world. Yep. Right so, after guy. Yeah. And so it goes back to my whole point. Definitely self-awareness is a superpower. And then even not only that, I mean, if you were to take such example and just put it to the real world, you know, our real world, think of, think of it like this. I mean, if you were to listen to your body, you're really hyper self-aware of, okay, I know I don't normally feel like this. Something must be going on in my body. You can prevent something tragic. Like, For we sure. don't know. So, I don't know. I like to think like that. 
I, I think no, that's actually, you're actually speaking on a lot of, on what my guy sent to my dad had said for me growing up. He's like, you have to constantly be aware of yourself. That's something he always, he always like preached to me growing up is that you have to be constantly aware of yourself. If your body is itchy and you didn't like sleep properly, it means that your body's going to, is having a negative reaction to your sleep deprivation. So if you don't want to be itchy and sleep properly, because my dad went to school, uh, partially went to partially completed med school. So mm-hmm. one of those things is preventative medicine. So observe your things in the way your body reacts in order to be able to prevent certain things. And the only way to do that is to constantly watch yourself and your body and how it reacts to certain things. And that's something I did growing up. So I just learned to just be aware of those things. Along with being assessed, it made me, I guess you could say, hyper aware of those things in terms of my, my strengths and my weaknesses, it was, which is really interesting. When one of our earlier, one of our earlier, one of my earlier conversations with Jamar, who we're going to have on for our Dragon Ball Z episode that's going to be coming up. When he talked to me about like some of the things I do and the things I can do, he was surprised by how acutely aware of my strengths and my weaknesses were. Because he said, oh, you you have a really good understanding of what you can and can do. And yeah, I've, I've had to. That's what I've had to do to survive. If I didn't do those things, I wouldn't make it. Like imagine Rock, imagine not Rock, actually both Rock Lee Bowers emphasize Deku. Imagine Deku just continue to punch and kick the way that he initially did in the first four episodes. He wouldn't make it, right? But he's had to learn to tweak the way he's used his powers more and more, especially from, you know, the pressure of Aizawa and everything, right? Yeah, I agree. Uh, I can definitely relate to what you just said right there because I remember when I did the uh, the Stepstones retreat. For people who may not know, it, it was this retreat that worked on personal, personal development. Mm-hmm. And so I did that. And I remember we came to this one activity that we did where it said, well, describe your strength and weakness. When the instructor came to me and he was looking at my paper, he noticed that I wrote nothing down. And then he asked me, why didn't you write anything? And I said, well, <laughs> I said, I'm telling you, you guys, you guys are late. I, I've done this self-development on myself for the past 12 years. I, I know what my strengths are and I know what my weaknesses are. Maybe I may not know like the little nuance of, you know, probably like negative, you know, behaviors, but I'm very much aware of what makes me mad and what makes me happy, what I like, what I don't like. So when he told me, he told me, oh, that's amazing, but do you want to just write it down? And I said, I, I'd rather not because I, I want to internalize these things. And he was like, okay, that's fine. So I could definitely relate to what you're saying. So I, I think it's a superpower, right? But honestly, I don't want to change the topic too, but I think self-awareness has to be one of the most powerful superpower to have. But if I can have another one, it would probably be reading fast. I want to read fast, faster, and process the information extremely fast. I don't. I, I want to do that. I don't know why. I don't because I've seen how my friends who read much faster than me don't process things as in-depth as i do i process it no but that's what but that's what i said read fast and also be able to process the information well i think we'll definitely cover that a little bit more in our death note episode and geniuses and whatnot i think our our brains are hardwired and also it goes into our conversation about mob cycle our brains are very hardwired in very specific ways and your brain's always going to have some sort of weakness with the waste wire. Like no one comes up. You're not going to have, I know I'm using video game and anime analogy. You're not going to have max parameters in all aspects of your, of, of your life and in life. 
you're going to have, for for lack of a better word, deficits. Yeah, it's a give and take. I agree. Yeah. It's just like Deb is much better than me when it comes to like math and, and sciences, but Deb has no geographical awareness and coordination. Versus myself, I can, if you, if I go somewhere, I know how to come back the exact same way. I know exactly the streets and how to like go through a map without a GPS. Yeah, but it would be, it would really be amazing to have. For sure. It would, be but then it, would, it, would, it would still come with his own weaknesses in one way or another. Maybe you lack social skills or something like it's going to it's going to be or maybe sorry, you might not like have like social and emotional skills on point as like someone else who maybe is good at poetry, but they read slow. So there's always going to be some sort of deficit. And that's something that I've had to work, learn to work on in terms of myself. So. I know when I was first assessed with my with my with my learning challenge, my learning disability, I learned that I read much slower. I don't know if that's what you're referring to before. But I, I read slower, so I've had to, I have to spend more time reading articles or whatever than others, and having once again people push you to challenge yourself to to overcome your weaknesses by sharpening your skills has been a big impact on me and in fact like there's another person that had a, a huge impact on me i i was telling them i want to go visit him it's one of it's one of my favorite teachers of all time probably my favorite teacher his name is philip bolshan he was actually the first teacher you can see my name right here if you're watching this and not on the podcast my name is abara norm and he actually was the first teacher fully quebecois guy but he pronounced my fir full first name abara chuku norm first try because he used to teach in Nigeria and I remember he he's basically like my Aizawa you know how like Ozawa is just like yo I'll kick this kid out I don't care if he's all my student I'll kick him out if he's not that good and that was that was a lot of my, my teacher Philip Bolshamp he he expected excellence from us and so I remember one of the papers I handed back he's like I'm disappointed you could have done better that was the first time my teacher ever told me that oh that hurts it does, right? Like where someone's yeah, like, I expected better from you. I'm disappointed. Like that had a huge impact and that really pushed me to work harder. And that's how we helped me develop my skills, you know, in terms of like, you know, the, the writing, the writing center and learning how to write my papers, how to study better, so on and so forth. He's the one who really pushed the ethic of like how to work. Even though I hadn't been assessed yet, he's the one who really helped me figure out how to learn a little bit better. It's like, wow, you had expectation of me. You saw me that highly. And I let you down. And I let you down. Crazy. It's tough. It's tough. And I was just like, I don't want to do that again. I don't want him to be disappointed in me. Like every day we have a test. So he's the one who taught me like, when you have a test, go. he's the one who told me this, go see a teacher before the test to get an idea of the things you need to focus on in terms of the test. I never thought of that before. He just had a huge impact on me for that. And that's what carried forward in terms of my life, in terms of how I would study even in terms of how I work now, especially sometimes I get I can work from home. I do training mode. I practice guilty gear or blaze. Blue. I used to play blaze blue a lot. I practice guilty gear and blaze blue combos while I had to study or even now as I work. When I have to do like paperwork, I'd sit down and just practice combos as I work to give myself breaks and so I can develop my skills. When it comes to when I'm in a tournament or something, even though I'm nervous, right? I don't drop the combos like my it's to the point where like other people who play my character kind of like this guy's combos are really good why because i've practiced the combo like 85 times i'll literally i remember there was a combo i had a hard time with i spent like a week just doing that one combo 
I didn't change it. I just, every day I, when I'm working or I'm not working, I practice that one combo until I got it. I have a question to ask you. Okay, so if we were to relate this back to Naruto, mm-hmm. Naruto, mm-hmm. okay, so and let's say in this situation, you are Rock Lee, your father is the influence your no the influence your father had on you is, is definitely is guy sensei so this french teacher who would you say he, kakashi. he represents kakashi definitely because kakashi yeah, still had doubt on rock lee right yeah but it was only like after rock lee really showed something no this guy this guy's something special i could see why guy was so committed to him i see it now there's always there's always going to be people who who doubt you that's fine but Show them who you are in terms of like what T'Challa's mom said in the first Black Panther movie. Show them who you are. Show them who you are. Show them what you're capable of and people's perspective will change. The one thing I've seen in life is that uh, consistency really can change anyone's perspective on you. If you show up every day, it can change. It won't change everybody, but it can change a lot of people's perspective on you when you have that level of consistency of just coming in every day and putting in the work, whatever that work is, whether it's practicing combos in Guilty Gear, practicing your three-point shooting, or coming out with bomb-ass, bomb-ass papers for your for your class, it's always, it's always going to show itself. You know, I also want to ask you another question, because I think in the show, Sakura said something that was very interesting and actually reminded of it right now. Sakura said, do you remember this? I don't know if you probably do because it was a lot. You watched Naruto a long time ago. Yeah, I was in my but, late teens and I watched it. Mm-hmm. But there was that one scene where Rock Lee finds himself in, in, the, in the hospital because, of course, Gara just mm-hmm. took his arm and his leg, right? Mm-hmm. And then Sakura comes to visit him. Mm-hmm. And then he's not there on mm-hmm. his bed. Mm-hmm. In fact, he's actually outside and he's doing push-ups. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, you know, Sakura was like, why, why are boys like that? Like, why do they have this need to push themselves? So my question to ask you is this now. Okay. Why do you find yourself even practicing Guilty Gear combos? Like, what's, what's the benefit of that? Like, why do you have to go so hard when you don't need to? Like, for example, Rock Lee in his situation, yes, of course, his goal is to be a ninja. But he was literally told that he can't be a ninja anymore. So it was like, why even continue? When now he could have just done it for fun, right? So I guess relating back to you, why do you need to go crazy knowing that you could just do it for fun? You're not forced to do it anymore. I like to challenge myself. That's the first answer I can think of. I think that's something that we can expand on more as we talk about it. But I haven't to challenge myself. And... But why not play for fun? I do enjoy. I do enjoy it. It is technically for fun, but it's also I like to push my limits. I like to see what I'm capable of, and also just the idea of winning and losing builds character. It's also a strength in me, not being that great in school and so on and so forth. Like, okay. So how do you measure the goalposts? So for example, in when you're practicing these combos, whatever, I've seen a snippet. Of course, not. It, it wasn't really clear to me, but I've seen a snippet and. It was very, it was very competitive, man. So it was like, how do you measure that goalpost? How do you know if you push yourself far enough? It depends. So I have to create the standard for myself first. That's something that I learned with this new guilty gear. I really revamped the way I approach things in terms of I'm not concerned. 
there was a I forgot his I forgot his name. He's he's a top player, Romo, Romo something, and he said I used I played him once in Ottawa, sorry in Montreal for one of our, our the Montreal big tournaments. You know, I helped build the Montreal scene, Numad, an ultimate Montreal air dashers, and I was watching one of his I think it's Romotello, and he was saying how when he was focused on what was it what was the term? He was focused on performing better than doing better. No, he was more focused on doing better than performing better. That's what his... That's that's a bit confusing. So doing better means where am I placing in tournaments? Performing better is how well am I playing my character? So because he was so... He he became more focused on like his tournament results, whether he's first, second, third, well, she or he... I think they go by Sheena. When they were focused on their tournament results, they weren't doing as well because they're so fixed on am I getting first, second, or third versus when they were just focused on how well they were playing Soul Bad Guy and Guilty Gear, that's when they did better in tournaments. So for me, it depends. So if I'm able to, if I'm playing someone and I could lose seven matches straight, but if that combo I was practicing, I landed it 10 out of 10 times and I succeeded. That's the main thing I'm focused on. I'm not so much focused on, am I winning every match? Like, no. Are you performing the combo in the way that you want to? So if I understand, so, okay, so it's practicing that move and being successful at it. And then you're going to go on to, okay, so I'm master, well, not master, but I'm able to do this. Mm-hmm. Now, let me see if I'm able to add this on top of that. Exactly. Like, now, now okay. let's focus on beating this person. Can I beat this person? Actually, no. Let me understand how this person plays. Let me break down their play style, and then we'll see how much I can adapt to their play style and see, you know, if I win. But the main thing for me is, how am I learning how to play this, play against this character now? That's my main thing I'm, I'm next focused on. I'm not so much fixed on, like, am I going to win 50 times? May or may not happen, but I'm understanding how this character works now. So yeah. I remember, so there was one guy. I play him online a lot. His name is Newbury. Maybe he might listen to this one day. We were playing... Guilty, he's playing like a different character. He plays like this character, Milia Rage. She's a very fast character, very hard to keep up with. The first time we played online, he beat me like 16 to 6. Completely wrecked me, right? After that, because every time I was doing, every time I went into a Guilty Gear tournament online, Every time someone played this character, there was a pretty good chance I was going to lose, no matter what, no matter how good or not good they were in, the, in, in terms of skill level and competency. So what I did was, this is the first time we talking about this, besides telling him this, because he was wondering how my skill level jumped so much. For the next month and a half, when Guilty Gear Strider first came out, and I've been playing Guilty Gear, for those that don't know, since like Axe and Core. I played seriously since Axe and Core. But it, Strive, Guilty Gear Zero and Strive and whatnot, and Blaze was when I started playing competitively. Anyways, so I will, the way I learned to play against Milia Rage, the character that moves fast, that fights with her hair, but the next month and a half, even though there's like about 17, 19, 17 to 19 characters that are out in the, in the game, I only played people who played that character for a month and a half of any skill level. So just to be able to adjust with how everyone plays this character and their options, and on top of that, the only thing I really watched was how people who played my character, Kai, played against me. So for a month and a half, it was only this character. 
I only watched and played against this character and another character. They're both the fastest characters in the game. His name is Chip. He's a ninja. I only played people who played these characters for a month and a half. Only. Only watched footage of those characters for a month and a half. Consistently. Only practiced different mechanics against those characters for a month and a half. Just to get an understanding. And then when I played him again, I beat him like, I think it was like 16 to 10. I think at one point within our match, it was 8-0. It went from him decimating me to me bodying him. And he was like, what What happened? Like, what, how'd you get so good? For the last month and a half, that's all I've been practicing. I've just been practicing against your character. So when we played, my competency showed up. You know, you know what's interesting about Rocky's uh, character that I've noticed, and it just dawned to me, is that aside from the Sasuke fight, because mm-hmm. I'm on like episode 60 now, so I haven't seen much of Rocky yet, just yet, mm-hmm. and he's still injured. His success, and this is gonna the, the way I'm gonna say this is gonna sound weird, but his success is actually measured by how hard he fails. It's very interesting. So the fact that he he lost the first one was he lost against a Neji. Neji is it Neji yeah. or Neji, right? Neji, yeah. Neji. So he lost against Neji, but he was he was deemed to be very powerful. Lost against Neji several times, actually. Mm-hmm. No, the first fight he lost that that I saw was he lost against the Sound Clan. Do yes. you remember that? Yeah. So he lost. He they lost. Double him, triple teamed him, actually. Mm-hmm. So he lost, but he was unable to take take down one. Mm-hmm. So he lost against the Sound Clan, but it was interesting because when he fought Neji, mm-hmm. you wouldn't think he was the same person. It was like he was much stronger. It was crazy, despite the fact that he failed really hard. So, the fact what, what, what I'm getting from 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 Rocky's character is that there's a crazy level of self improvement in his failure mm-hmm. that not a lot of people can come to terms with. People think that if I fail extremely hard. I'm just not good at this. And why should I even continue? That's something that like my wife really learned from me because Deb does really good at a lot of things. And I'm the opposite. Like her GPA is significantly higher than mine to give you an example. And because of that, and this is what's interesting because we always think the glass is, is, is always green. Sorry, the, the grass, not glass. The grass is, I mixed up the analogies. The grass is always green on the other side. Yeah. <clears throat> because of that, I'm so used to failure. I'm so loose to losing. So I'm more appreciative of when I do win, one. And then two, because I've lost so much, I know that, like I said, when I lost against that guy 10, 16, 10, I was like, okay, I need to really focus against this character. I need to just hone in and specialize on this and just keep working. I wasn't expecting to like win. I was just expecting to just do better than just 10 to 16, sorry, 16 to eight. So when we played, it was like 16-10. That's how the gap. I was surprised when I, when I won eight matches straight, he couldn't beat me. It took him a long time to adjust. And even when I took a long break from Guilty again, he beat me like, I think it was like 15 to 20. And then the next time we played, I beat him like 20 to 18. So once again, because I specialized and I worked at it again, okay. I took like almost a year break from the game. I specialized and just focused on very specific mechanics. So when I came back to the game, I just focused on understanding new mechanics they added to the new updates to Guilty Gear. I just focused on that. 
or even when I came to Blackner Talks or whatever, whenever something didn't go well. Okay, well, it didn't go well, just like a lot of my things in life. Like I said, you know, I'm coming last place in track and field at the Nigerian picnics. I'm coming last place in school. I'm coming last place in basketball. So there's nothing new here. I'm last. So what do we need to improve? So herself. Uh, hold on. I have a question about that. So because, okay, this is very interesting for, for, for the viewers, for the listener at home. So when did you realize that moment where, okay, you know what? I fail a lot, but let me make the most out of it. Like, when was that moment? Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Probably from fighting games. Fighting games. So, so from the fighting game, that's when you realize, okay, you know what? I'm coming last at the picnic. I'm coming last at. That's when you realize. Yeah, it was. It was fighting games. It was bas. It was the last year of basketball and fighting games. It was those two events because they happened very close in proximity to each other. So yeah. my friends were playing guilty. I didn't have a console because my parents didn't want to buy me video games. We'll probably cover that in this episode. Along with basketball, me getting almost getting in in the last year because I practiced a lot. I realized, okay, if I really practice at things, things really happen for me. Because as much as like, there's a big deficit, I, they can count on me as a shooter. Probably wouldn't have been, a, if I made it on the fully was on the team, I probably wouldn't have been a starter, but they probably would bring me out to just sh- shoot threes. I'd be one of those players. With that being said, so when we when we were younger in high school and we were playing Guilty Gear, I didn't have a console practice. And like I said, if I don't have like the console and the platform and so on and so forth, the resources to, to learn the game, I'm not going to do on the game. So I remember at one point, uh, my best my best man, my wedding, Shahid, he called me the guinea pig of the group. He was like, you're the guy that we all practice our combos on because we know we're not going to lose no matter how bad we drop our combos and how bad we play. Ouch. <laughs> Yo. Us guys, we're savage <laughs> young man. And it was true, like there's nothing because I couldn't I just I was I was trash. Like literally everyone would just pick random characters and still beat me. Like that's how bad I was. So you remind me of the days where okay, so this is goes back to I'm always picked last, I'm always shit it's this. The, it's the same, like if, when you get to a certain point, like in your twenties, especially in your thirties, you realize certain things just repeat themselves as cycles and you just adjust to it. You're just like, this is just the same thing like last time, it just has a different coat. It's a different dance, but just a, it's the same dance, but a different song. That's all it is. It's got to adjust to the new team. So when the new guilty, when that guilty gear came out, the new guilty, this is Accent Core back in like 2008, 2007, 2008. I made sure. So fun fact for those that don't know, one of the reasons I also relate to Rock Lee and also to a lesser extent Deku is I had back surgery. I actually had a major surgery in my life. So family like gave money in because like, oh, this guy, like that's when my dad's, it was around leading up to my surgery. That's when my dad's perspective on me changed because before he used to see me as like this whiny kid sometimes. There was a point where him and I weren't close between 12 and, and 16 because he used to, because, you know, he has he has a nerdy son that no one had, like he would defend me in, in front of family, but he definitely wasn't happy that his son was like this hypersensitive kid that didn't want to play in parks, didn't like getting scratched and just wanted to play inside and play video games and drop. I was a sensitive African Caribbean son. Who wants that as a son, right? Who wants a sensitive boy who cries easily? So it was only when I was 16 when I got diagnosed with my scoliosis. I have like metal rods on my back now that he realized exactly how much pain I was enduring because the doctor was saying like, when your scoliosis hurts, your, when your scoliosis is active, it, it hurts to breathe. Yeah, it hurt to breathe for me. Like my, because your rib cage contract and expand, especially after I play basketball. Okay, you didn't mm-hmm. understand why I'd go and take a nap after basketball and basketball practice is because like I had so much pain I had to sleep it off. He didn't know I was going through that much pain all these years. 
So that's when he realized how much work I put in and how much endurance I, I put myself through. And that's when he realized he had to really step up in terms of really making sure that he was really there for me to be as a resource for me because he didn't realize that. And I say that in the sense of going back on topic. So when I had my back surgery, uh, family gave money. And, you know, my parents didn't want to buy me a PlayStation. So I was like, cool, I just saved it. I'm really good with money. I actually saved up all the money that extended family and family gave me along with allowance. And I saved it for like about a year. I was able to buy a PlayStation 2 Slim. And then from there, I think from I kept some of that money to buy it. And me and my friends, we all bought two copies of Guilty Your Accent Core. When I got that copy, I practiced. I literally went into the basement and I practiced every day. This is back when I used to play on a, on a on you know the PlayStation 2 remote. So I know this is a PS4, but it's pretty much the same thing as a PlayStation 2 remote. And I practiced the combos to the point where I broke my remote. Like that's how much I practiced. I'm I'm I that's when YouTube became a thing. So I would watch the combo videos. I practice all the game's mechanics. I'd use all the mechanics. I'd use all the combos I saw the Japanese players use online. And then I would practice it like every day. I think every day I practice for about four hours, roughly speaking, the combos and how to do the combos perfectly. So when we went over to one of my friend's places, he was getting ready. He was like, yo, I'm about to wipe the hope off this guy's face. That's what he said to me. And we played Guilty Gear and... He lost to me 20 to 5. Ouch. 20 to 5. Like, I still remember that. But he got so frustrated. I can't beat this guy. No matter what he did, he couldn't win because I practiced the combo to the point where I didn't drop anything. And then all of our other friends, I beat them as well to the point where they just stopped playing Guilty Gear. In fact, one of our friends, because Guilty Gear has, like, fatalities, I actually mm -hmm. did a fatality in one of our friends. My one of our other friends, he told me not to do it. I was like, no, no, no. You guys are going to get all the work. You guys are going to get all the smoke. That was the last time that other friend also played Guilty Gear as well, when I did the fatality on him. I was merciless. Like I said, that's the reason why I love Renji's fight with uh, the superstar guy. Merciless. Take them out by any means. Yep. So, yeah, no, those are the things. That's how I learned just one thing, and that just added just like the basketball. And even just, you know, the, the school essay stuff, those are the things that added towards helping me learn, okay, well, this is another loss. It means I got to really specialize going back on Rockley or even Deco understanding one one for all, specializing in terms of understanding myself, this skill set, self-awareness, what you said, and just building off of that every time. And then eventually I was like the best Guilty Gear player among our friends and most of them just stopped playing because they couldn't beat me. And then that's what led to me going into esports and forming the, the Montreal scene. For those that don't know, that may care. Destroy them completely. That reminds, yeah, no, I'm merciless. That, that, remi that reminds me of Niccolo Machiavelli, what he wrote in The Prince, where he says, you want to destroy your enemy to the point where they can't get revenge. Yeah, basically, I was that. I would so, just, so I beat all of them until they stopped playing. And it's still the case now. You're not going to beat me in something. Just the same way as the guy got me to play Dragon Ball, I'm going to beat you thoroughly. I will make sure I thoroughly eradicate you and end you. To let you and know you destroy the spirit i will destroy your spirit you know what you know what's so interesting also is just thinking i'm thinking about this now actually as i'm speaking but is when you said the scoliosis you know you're unable to breathe but you still tried regardless that reminds me of of course when rockley was still uh, he was training with a with a broken arm and like it was hard for him to breathe but he was still going so that's that's very deep that's yeah, very deep 
that's I'm how I just kind of look at Rockley and Deku in terms of they're, they're just built different. Like for for like I'm looking at the show again, like man, Rockley, sorry, Deku is literally training all the time. Like they're they're both always practicing. Like, do you know that's like 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 you always like you're looking at where they are now, where they're looking like Super Saiyan characters, like in the background here. For those that are watching this, for them to get to the Super Saiyan point, do you know how much training they had to do? Mm-hmm. And that's something that that always bothered me is because people would kind of see me in this sort of figurative when they'd see me in, as like at that Super Saiyan form, right? You know, like how we're seeing with Deku and Rockley in the background, when they'd see me like just completely decimate people in Guilty Gear or whatever it is, or they see me like with Deb and I, when they see like how Deb and I are really well connected and understand each other or, or just where I'm at in terms of my career and stuff, it bothers me because people think I'm talented. Um, don't ever call, I hate being called talented. <laughs> or like it happened overnight. They think it happened overnight. It's the furthest thing that, no, no, I get called talented typically. Like people just say, oh, this guy's just so amazing. No, I'm not. Like, do you know how much work I had to put in? Do you know what it's like in terms of fighting game? But no, like no, but think about it. One? That's that's still amazing. And I, I know what you mean. I, I and hear I, that. I, I know I exactly like... what you're saying. But I think that you're seeing it as well, it's not amazing if you put in the work. Is I think that's the position you're having in the situation. But regardless, I think the fact that you did put in the that work, that amount of work for a long period of time time and you were you were consistent and determined to put in that much work, I think that's amazing. I can acknowledge it. I, I wouldn't say, okay, that's a good point. I think yeah. it, I, I don't want to, I'm not, no, that's what it is. I don't want to be seen as amazing. Okay. Now the question becomes why? Why? I'm just like everybody else. If you, if you put in the work in something and whether it's a fighting game or whatever, if you really put in the work, you can make things happen for yourself too. You just have to want to put in the work. Okay. So I think I have a theory behind this. Is the idea you don't want to be seen as amazing is because then you feel like I have nothing else to prove because now I'm amazing? Or 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 is it the idea that you have this unrealistic expectation of me where you think that I did this extremely fast and I didn't have to work as hard and it just came to me? It's more of the latter. Okay. I want people to know like no matter what are the things i do or the things i've done great in my life you can do the same thing in your own ways i'm not th- i'm not different from you in the words of like mob cycle i'm not special i'm just like everybody else i'm a little bit different i'm a little bit an exception to the rule in certain regards but even when you're the exception to the rule you're just on a different lane you're still on the highway i think oh, okay i think it is special and i'll tell you why because uh, and you know what? Let me take the most obvious comparison here. So if you were to take someone like, I don't know, like Steph Curry, right? And you look at his three-point capability. If you were to tell him exactly, well, you're amazing. You're so special. He's going to be like, no, I just work extremely hard. I think I know where you're going with this. Go on. Yeah, do, you, do you see what I'm saying? Like in his position, he may not see that as special or amazing. Because that's the amount of work he put into his craft. That's just second nature to him you know it's just like breathing right this is what he does but when you really analyze his skill sets and exactly that amount of work that he put into that is amazing and the reason it becomes amazing is because you put in so many hours to the point where you fought you like you you exceed just conventional means that's that, that's that's my perspective on why it's amazing so in your case the reason why i think it's amazing is because 
you didn't put just 10 hours of work into becoming good. You put in far more, you put in more than 10,000 hours of work to become amazing. So I see how you chose 10,000. I see what you did there. Go on. Yeah. So, so exactly. So the way I measure, so the way I measure amazing is putting in way like more, of course, more than 10,000 hours of work whilst still being determined and willing to improve at it. So I think that's what makes someone amazing. I can admit like in terms of certain aspects, in terms of wanting to do certain things and I'm built different in terms of how I see things, but I avoid seeing myself as better. I, I, I think the work I do is amazing. And I'm very grateful for it. And because I've had to work hard for a yeah. lot of those things, I'd say almost all those things, I'm very grateful Yeah. because I've had to put in that work, man, like I can look back on, and that's self-awareness too, in the sense of looking back on like, you know, how well I play Guilty Gear or, you know, how well I work now or the type of work I'm in. I'm very grateful for it. Or even like this podcast, there's a lot of like the amount of YouTube I've watched mm-hmm. and podcasts I've watched. Crazy for me to get to, to this point. Even if like we haven't built the traction as of yet. No, like there's a lot of, there's a lot of work I've just put in. Like even once again, like the podcast wasn't doing well. And so I was like, okay, well let's, let's, Let's do what we did in Guilty Gear. Let's do what we did in basketball. Let's do what we did in school. Let's just do it all over again. It's, it's no different. It's the same process. Let's just watch, practice, learn, absorb information, as much information as possible, and then we're going to start doing. And then we're just going to build off of it. And then eventually I'm going to figure out the ways that work for me. So like I said, in terms of like fighting games, I practice while I work. In terms of school, I don't go, do good well. I don't do well in exams. So I did really well in the, the assignments and the papers. In basketball, I wasn't very athletic, so I learned how to do three-pointers. And I think that goes back into your point about Steph Curry and even want to throw in Tom Brady. That man does not have the body of an athlete, but he's been playing football for so long. He's the greatest football player, arguably one of the best football players of all time. Yeah. Steph Curry changed the basketball game. He's not athletic at all. He's definitely LeBron James. But as you said, they, they put in amazing work, and they have an amazing work ethic. And I think that's what it comes down to, just having – that amazing work ethic to want to like be great at something, not be great, but just be great at something, be good, something that you can be proud of. Yeah, exactly. And of course, if I was to relate this back again to Naruto is again with rock, I'll be on, I I speak of rock Lee a lot because again, he's also my favorite character and he definitely spoke to me the most. Actually, 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 before you told me rock Lee was your favorite, remember what I told you? I told you my favorite character was rock. Yeah, for sure. I know. I wasn't surprised when you said Rockley. Yeah. So no, again, so the reason I'm going to relate this back to Naruto, I feel like, okay, I think that if anyone, if anyone watched Naruto and they've seen Rockley work ethic, it's absolutely crazy. Right. But I think that if you were, if we were able to speak to Rockley and ask him, are you amazing? Right. Mm-hmm. I doubt that he's going to say he's amazing. I highly doubt it. Yeah, I'd agree. But you cannot disagree that what he's doing is, is is amazing. So it goes back to my point where I feel like people who are just so competent at what they do, they don't tend to see themselves as amazing because this is what they do. And they always, they always find themselves as, I can always be better. I would challenge that because there's also people like Sasuke who, because they didn't have to work at it, they do think they're great. I challenge that. So I would argue in a sense of people, because it's the same thing going back on Deku too. One of the th- reasons why he has such humility having one for all is because he was given the opportunity he had to work for it. 
He had to like there was a like I, I think we were talking about it. There's a really good quote that Tomai said to him. It was luck is different from being acknowledged for an opportunity. Because oftentimes, you know, Deku feels like he's lucky to get it. It's like, no, you, you have to work for it. And from that working for it, you value it much more. You have much more gratitude towards it. And when you have to work towards something, just like anything else in life, you have much more gratitude towards it versus like if you have a someone like a like a Sasuke or someone, I would even like at the top of my head parallel them to Bakugo, who's like, no, nah, I'm just good. I'm just sick with it. And I'm going to challenge, how- I'm definitely going to challenge you on the Sasuke part. No, here's the here's what I'm gonna go at, and I think yeah. you see, you're not that far. You might not have seen it narrow yet. Both Bakugo yeah. and Sasuke don't take losses very well initially, at the very least, because mm-hmm. not used to losing. Versus Rock Lee's, it's like yo, it's a loss. I can't use my arm, and my leg right now, but I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna go back and work out. I'm gonna go yeah. back and work out. This is this is this is nothing. This is par for the course. I'm used to taking L's. This is another L. Time to work on it, so I don't. I, I'm gonna learn from this L. I'm gonna build off of it. There's times that Deku loses to it, and, and I think back. I don't want to spoil anything. I don't recall Deku having emotional breakdown from taking L's, unless like yeah. you know, obviously someone's life was in was in danger and he couldn't save them. Obviously, that's a different conversation. But in terms of like Deku taking L's, Deku's like, yo, I, I've been taking L's like my whole life. Like, what is this? How is this any different? This is, I'm a bag full of L's, <laughs> right? And that's something that I both love about both those characters. Just like, yo, I've been losing. The fact that I even won one, wow, congrats to me. Why am I upset? I think that people who tend to lose themselves after losses display a high level of arrogance to begin with. So let me challenge you with the Sasuke part. So the, the interesting thing about Sasuke is that actually, I truly believe he never thought, I don't think that, I think he thinks he's smart, but I don't think that he thinks that he's amazing. He, he always thinks that he's lacking because he's part of this amazing clan. That's what, that's what I mean. Yeah. Part so, of a special clan. Go on. Yeah. So he's part of this special clan. And not only that, he looks up to his brother. Again, for the viewer, for, for the listener at home, I'm only on episode 60. So I, I don't know exactly how he acts afterwards. I feel like he mm-hmm. probably changes. But so far, what I'm seeing is that, yeah, he knows that he's smart. He knows that he's competent. But he does. I don't think that he thinks that he's amazing himself. I think that he thinks that he's part of an amazing clan right i think that he thinks that he's part of an amazing family that he needs to prove himself like he's always comparing himself to his older brother right because he doesn't think he himself is that amazing he thinks that his brother's amazing so it goes back to my talk about those things go on yeah so it goes back to my point that people oftentimes people who put long hours Mm -hmm. of work who are determined who are extremely competent they often don't view themselves as amazing and that's because of course you know for many reasons right they always think they can they, they always think they can improve themselves or or what they tend to do is that they compare themselves to other people who far ex- not far exceeds them but exceeds them exceeds them to a certain extent so when we look at rock lee right we know rock lee's amazing but he thinks that he still has to improve himself because he he's looking at neji he's looking at naruto he's looking at sasuke and he's like, I, well, these I would guys... word it differently. I would say he's looking at guy, but go on. Yeah, so he's looking at these guys and he's looking at their skill sets. He's like, look, I know that I still have to There's put in more work. improvement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I know that I still have to put in way more work than these guys because I don't have the the the, the, the that they exactly that they possessed. 
So despite the fact that he is amazing, but it's so interesting because throughout the whole show, throughout the whole 60 episodes, I have yet to come except for Naruto because, of course, he's, he's highly naive. But aside from Naruto and people who display high level of arrogance, no one have ever said that they were amazing themselves. I am amazing. Keep keep watching for for Sasuke. You're on. A, have you seen Sasuke's second round match in the tuning exams? No. So Avali, he just beated. No, did he beat Gara yet? Don't tell. Hold on. Give me a second. That's his second match. Gara is the second match, right? Yeah. No, Gara is the first one because that's when he arrived late. Who is his first one? His first one, I can't remember, but he did the the line combo. The sound guy, he did the line combo against him. Remember, he oh, was already oh. suffering from the curse seal. That was his first match, and he like copied. No, 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 no. Gar is this first one because I don't bro, remember that scene. Bro, bro, I, bro, I, I, I remember Naruto. I remember Sasuke is trying to resist the, 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 the curse seal, and he had to do. He did a lion combo and took the guy out, and then like subsequently collapsed. And then that's when Kakashi was watching Rock Lee's fight versus Gara. And then that's when. Uh, oh, you're yeah. speaking. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the first one, I was, yeah, 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 yeah. You were right. You're right. You're yeah. right. You're right. Oh, I'm speaking about the uh, the second. Yeah, second round. The second so round. When you, yeah. When you watch that, you'll see what I mean in terms of the when you when you're really good, you're not used to, to you losing. Versus like like I said, Deku, Rock Lee, and now so even he, so he loses. No, I'm not gonna say he loses. I'm just, okay. there's he doesn't lose it's it's it expands like you're gonna see that's the way to word it you're gonna see an inferiority complex from sasuke yeah exactly but you see that goes back to my point right they feel inferior they feel inferior to other people because it's like despite themselves they themselves being amazing he does take they, some losses they, though he takes some losses from someone that from someone that you don't you haven't seen yet so the losses that he goes through because like i said yeah Rock Lee spends his whole life. Devil spends their, their whole lives taking out. Like, yo, it's another L. It's whatever. Back to drawing point, right? Yeah. But for Sasuke, because he's not used to L's and he's used to getting A pluses, when he gets a D, he's like, what do you mean? How did how did I how did I get a D? That makes no sense. Yeah. How did I fail? How did I lose? What do you what are you trying to say? And so that creates the inferiority complex because he's like, I don't, I don't lose. This doesn't make sense to me. Because that's not part of his, I guess you could call it internal narrative. Versus, like I said, Deku and, and Rockley, they're like, yeah, I lose all the time. So if I win, great. If I lose, mm-hmm. that's that's par for the course. So I can, I something I'm used to learning. I, they, they've lost so much. They learned. They've learned to learn from. They've lost so much. They've learned to learn from their losses. Exactly. But for someone that's like, like I said, Baku, he was really pissed off about losing. And there's a, there's a couple other times that he's gonna take L's where he's gonna be like, what do you mean I lost? I don't understand. It take it took him. Just like I'm talking about Sasuke without going to spoiler territory. Mm-hmm. It took them getting a number of L's before like, yo, I actually need to go back to the drawing board. I can't just keep doing this. I'm used to just doing it and it works. So it doesn't work. I don't know what to do. Versus Rock Lee and Deku. I'm used to, I, Deku gets beat up by Baku all the time. Rock Lee got, Rock Lee took so many L's from Neji. So when they take another, I was like, okay, well, this is just what I'm used to. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna practice again because clearly this is not working. I'm so mm-hmm. used to L's, I have to go back to drawing board. Then so it's just me going back to drawing board. Same thing in terms of like whether it's my work or whatever. I'm just I'm so used to taking L's. I like just back to drawing board. Blackner talks not doing well. Back to the drawing board. My workplace not appreciating me, whatever, or me having a hard time in my workplace. 
back to the drawing board. I'm having a hard time with combos and I'm not doing well in tournaments, back to the drawing board. I'm having, even in terms of when I play new games, like the first like couple hours, I'm really bad at the game. I don't know if I ever talked talk to you about this, mm-hmm. but the first hour or two in the game, I'm, it takes me a long time to learn mechanics, so I die a lot. Once I get past the two-hour mark, I don't really die anymore. My, but my point is, no, I completely understand what you're saying, and I actually agree with it. I agree with it. I think that the reason why, I think that Sasuke knows that he's gifted to a certain extent, but I don't think that he sees himself as I'm amazing because he, again, he You'll has see. this, yes, <laughs> amazing. You'll see. You'll see. Amazing. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think that he thinks that he's amazing because he has this inferior complex towards his brother. So... No, but that that's why he, that could also play well as to why he has it. Is like if I'm I'm so amazing, so I should be better than him, but I'm not. So I'm, how do I reconcile these two things? Everyone tells me I'm amazing, but then my brother is better. So what does that mean? Which is why he doesn't believe that he is. You'll see, you'll yes, see, so. you'll see, you'll see, and that's the sort of thing I mean in terms of just reconciling. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know what? I'm I may be wrong. I'm open to being wrong because this is exactly how I get to improve mm-hmm. my critical thinking skills. So. I really don't go. mind be I really don't mind being wrong. I'd love Let's for us to come back to this conversation, maybe like yeah. part two of, of Naruto and, and because mm-hmm. remember what I'm what I'm judging Sasuke off of where is, you're at right now. Is exactly where I'm at. I'm yeah. I'm just sixty episodes in. I yeah. you're right. I may have a different position, who knows, right? Or I may have an even stronger position. So no, but to be honest with you, having this conversation helped me understand Sasuke as a character more. Because it's like I said, the inferior complex that he's gonna have. Yeah. Moving forward, it helped me understand as to why like Rockley and Naruto stayed the same. Because they're like, yo, I'm just I just and even like I said, Bakugo. Like, it's like I'm used to losing. Like this is whatever. This is what I'm used to. This is this is my everyday life. I'm a bag of L's. W's, what's that? That's it's, yeah, no, Rockley and Naruto. I'm gonna say at the court. I'm gonna say that it's 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 very different. I'm not gonna say that Naruto is used to losing. Mm-hmm. I don't think at his core that's exactly his motivation. I think that his motivation is the fact that he's he's been isolated. He's been treated as a as a as a black sheep of society. But he has that so, one person. He so sensei, go on. Exactly, but he he thinks that he. This is the reason why he's arrogant, right? So he needs that attention because he's been that black sheep. He's not getting attention. He doesn't even, I, I don't even think he has a, you know, a, a parent. I don't even think he has parents. Oh, I, his parent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I haven't even, like his biological parents, I haven't even seen them. So it's like, so what happens when a child doesn't have attention at home, right? So they're going to do anything mm-hmm. possible For at sure. school to try to get that attention. For sure. So, so that, I feel like that's his core motivation. That's the mm-hmm. reason why he acts so uh, no, no, for sure. nauseous. Yeah, so... No, no, Where, that's why I didn't really want to, sorry for jumping, that's the reason I didn't want to include Naruto in this conversation, I want to focus more on Deku and, and Rock Lee, but in terms so. of Naruto, I was just talking about specifically being able to take L's, like Naruto can take L's, I'd say arguably as well as Deku and Rock Lee, because he's so used to his whole life of taking L's, so when he does it, he's like, I got a W? Oh, Naruto, that's debatable too. I don't know if his behavior changed later on. If when he becomes a teenager, he matures a bit more. But so far, yeah, I don't think so. Keep watching, keep watching. Yeah, he I takes, keep watching, right? He, he he can take an L. Obviously, I would say I would put that's like I said, there's a reason why I wanted to focus more to be on Deku and Rock Lee. They lose a lot. They 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 learn that they learn very like think about that. Like obviously, yes, Naruto can be brought into this conversation too, but these two 
because of their deficits, they had to realize I'm not the same as everybody else. Like that's very challenging to realize at a very young age. And then to be like, I have to change the way in which I, I go about life very differently from my peers if I want yeah. to succeed. And my peers also don't think I'm going to succeed. When Deku got admitted to UA, everyone laughed at him. Yeah. And what happened was when Rockley said he wanted to be a ninja, everyone laughed at him. They're like, you succeed? Are you crazy? Okay. Hey. <laughs> okay. So I think the fundamental motivation behind the two characters is pretty similar. I think that you're right. I think that reason is that they have this crazy belief in, in, in themselves. So I think that's similar. But I think in terms of their experience for their motivation is completely different. I can agree with you on that. I just talk about like their motivation, but I think, but to kind yeah, of I, yeah, I think their motivation is completely different though. Yeah. No. And, no. So what you say? You said that they're they're oh you're saying their drive, their willingness to keep going, right? I think that's what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, agree. So like, I, for yeah. so many people, sorry, before you go, for so many people, like there's very few people who keep going when everyone laughs at you for majority yeah. of your life. I know, like yo, the teeth, the the doctor, like yo. Honestly, I think you should give up on your dreams. Like, imagine hearing that at four. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. And you don't have much willpower to even make a decision at four. It's like, like, what? You're just going to listen to what the adults say. Like, the first, the the, the doctors are, yeah, I looked at your your, your, your x-rays. Bro, give up. You're better off giving up. Damn. And then, yeah, no, 100%. You were saying in terms of motivations. Go on. Yeah, so let me start with the belief system. So I think that especially in the beginning that Deku had has a way stronger belief system than uh, than Rock Lee. Imagine being because okay, I see it like this. Imagine being so young, you're like you're 4 years old and you know exactly what you want to be. Right? right? You're right. told by professionals at 4 years old, at 4 years old by professionals that know you can't be a hero. But then yet you still go around. Yes, of course, you know, you're discouraged, but you still turn around and say I'm still going to be a hero. At a yeah. very young age. I mean, and now imagine if that happened to Rock Lee at three, four years old. That listen, you cannot be a ninja. It's not that he was never told, he was told that he couldn't do it. He wasn't explicitly told, it's true. Mm-hmm. Exactly. He wasn't specifically told that he couldn't be a ninja. He said, Well, you can't just you can't do those type of jitsus. Right. But it doesn't mean that he couldn't be a ninja. And he was like, Okay, if I can't do that then technically I could still be a ninja if I just did taijutsu. True. They didn't so, they just try to do a subpar. It's true. Yeah. So in terms of the belief system, I think that Deku had a way stronger belief system. I think that he just believed in, believed in himself way more than Rock Lee did in, like, in the beginning, of course, right? Because right. he had absolutely no possibility of being a hero. Yeah. In addition to no one believing in him, he was also told to give up. This is true. And his mother... His mother came to him, started crying. Imagine being a kid, you're four years old, your mother's coming to you. You told you've been told by a professional you couldn't do it. Now your mother's crying to you, saying, I'm sorry, you can't be a hero. It's like, how can you believe in yourself afterwards? You can't. It's literally impossible, emo- emotionally impossible. So I, I think that in terms of belief system, definitely Deku had a way stronger. He believed in himself way more than Rock Lee. But in terms of motivation and re- like realistically speaking of what one can do. If someone was to look at Rock Lee mm-hmm. and Deku mm-hmm. in terms of achieving one goal, which one was possible? Because remember mm-hmm. what remember what Lord Hokagu said. 
He said, choose a goal that's possible to attain. Do you remember that? That you sent yeah, me that clip. That? Lord Hikage, the I think was it the oh, third the Hikage? Hikage, right? right the, the, third, the third, yeah. So remember you when you sent me that the clip? Hikage, yeah. That was so powerful. By the way, I'm not I don't want to switch topic here, but it like made me reassess whether or not I want to pursue a second degree when you sent me that clip. Can you imagine anime making me do that? <laughs> That's why we have these conversations, man. Yo, this stuff has a big impact. Like Rockley really showed me and like, yo, like these are these L's don't define you. Just keep going. And same thing with Deku. These L's don't define you. Keep going. Yeah, so definitely, man, shout out to you for that. No, but anyways, going back to my point. So in terms of if I was a listener and I no, if I was a viewer and I was and I was watching Deku and Rockley and which one exact in terms of motivation, right? Like which one is attainable, realistically mm-hmm. speaking. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with Rockley because Rockley Taijutsu is basically martial arts when you really look right. at it. Whereas Deku, he was given the power, and that's not realistically. I mean, you can't that can't happen in the real world. Someone can't just cut off a piece of hair and make you eat it, and then you have superpower. Like that's not they realistically. Can. They can. I can give you. I can give you examples. I can give you examples. In real life, you're telling me that if I got your, if you had superpower. And so we're talking about okay. Are you talking okay? If we're talking about literal superpowers, then obviously Rockley's also not realistic because he's opening chakra gates and going super saiyan, and jumping off walls. No, no, no. But remember, remember his taijutsu itself. Let's take away the super. I know, but that's saiyan. what I'm talking about. If you're if we're going to be very literal, I'll go very literal. Also, Rockley's not realistic. But I would say I do agree. That with ability you. is not realistic. Hold on, but I do agree with you. Yeah. In a sense of. The likelihood of someone passing something onto you is very, is very unlikely, but it can happen. You can have a mentor who passes on the business to you. You can have a mentor who, or a father figure, or a father who passes on, like I said, the business to you, the the trust fund, whatever it is, and so you can build off of when you really couldn't do it on your own. Those things happen too. Yeah, I okay. So I understand what you're saying now. So you're making a case of basically it's one of those philosophical analogies you're making, but I'm trying to speak on like on a biological like biological real life situation so for example taijutsu yes you're right i can't go super sane but it doesn't mean i i can't become a professional you know mma fighter like that's attainable if i just work hard but yeah. i can't become all might i can't have the superpower of all might because he's that's flying in the air it's say? a superpower anime. It's a super. You're pairing. You're compar- You're taking a fictional form of martial arts to a real form of martial arts, and then you're comparing superheroes. And there's no equal comparison because it's superheroes. It's not a fair comparison. You'd have to find equivalent comparison, which is why I gave the one about a business. That's that's. It's because he's passing on his powers. It's the equivalent of like passing on like whatever resource really have to someone else. But for taijutsu, it's it's also not realistic. You can make taijutsu in terms of martial arts that makes sense, but equally you can also do the same thing in terms of a superpower in terms of being passed on to something else in terms of resources because that's essentially what Alma passed on his resources he passed on to the next generation but to say like no this is this because it's martial arts and this is not because it's, it's not an equal or fair comparison now i understand exactly what you're saying but remember this is my point mm-hmm. if i was a viewer right mm-hmm. and i was to look at rockley and i was mm-hmm. to look at deku mm-hmm. which one is more of a relatable character Mm-hmm. Based on exactly what they want to try okay, to pursue, so in terms of diligence and and guy training Rockley to get to this point versus all my quote unquote simply passing on all for one, Pass sorry, one for all, 
to to death. Yeah, you're right. That's yeah, so right. yeah, so exactly. So if I was a viewer and I look at it, and then I'm able to relate more with Rock Lee than I am with Dick, because I see that okay, you know what? Like this guy is basically doing MMA. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, he wants Super Saiyan. That's not realistic. But mostly at the core, he's doing MMA, and he's working extremely hard at doing that. Mm-hmm. And that's that looks relatable. I would also me, argue you're also you're also missing out the point that Rockley had to do a lot of intense training to get to that point. Yeah, but what I'm saying is those intense training is exactly what MMA fighters are doing. Of course, which not to Rock, which is what Deku did. Like, now all American dream training that he had to go through, and I say that in the sense of when you I don't know if you ever looked at the YouTube comments for when All Might said uh, you can become a hero. The yeah. comment section had people crying because they're saying that's all they needed someone to tell them. So they can keep going and keep pushing. That's yeah, all that, and that's also one of the main things that to to add to it. That's one of the main things I loved about and Mike Guy, in mm-hmm. a sense of as much as Rock Lee and Deku were training, they weren't doing it very well. Mm-hmm. They they sucked. Like, and that's something I had to learn. Like, just because you're practicing doesn't mean you're practicing well. They had to have someone train them to get to where they are. Where Rock Lee can inherit one for all because otherwise he would have died. You've seen him punch before. If he didn't do all that physical training, he would have died. And then Rockley had to get to a point where you could learn to open the gates. It took a lot of like intense, in- intense, intentional training for to get to this point. I wouldn't say, yeah, I would 100% agree with you. It's definitely not the same because, you know, like I said, it was passed on versus everything completely passed on for Deku versus complete, completely being taught to Rockley. But there's a lot of similarities in terms of them having to be intentional training and having that one person showing them how to do what they need to do to get to the point where they have to because they have those deficits that they have. Okay, cool. So we can agree when, when it comes to attaining their goal that Rockley is much more realistic. Now let's speak about training. I'd say different. But go on. To the viewer watching that, it's I'll be honest. But we can agree for to you. disagree on this. It story. could be for you. It could be for you. But no, in just in general. Like- just in general. But anyways, when when it comes to training, now mm-hmm. let's speak about specifically training. Your training they both had to do. Sorry, if I could I jump think... in, I, I do want to add a point. It's also relatable to me specifically. Okay. So just as it's not relatable for you, yeah, it's relatable for me because when my dad became sick, because of all the hard work I put in, all the training that he gave me, similar to how Deku inherited all for one, I inherited my dad's resources. But I if if I wasn't ready, he wouldn't have given them to me. To be very honest with you, I know he wouldn't have. Because I would have just squandered and ruined the family. But because of what he did for me, he gave it on to me. Specifically, especially, you know, the car I drive? I know yeah. if I ever told you this, I inherited it from him. It was originally his car. Mm-hmm. So he gave that to me because of what I've done for the family and me proving myself all these years. So I never had to get a quote-unquote a new car. He handed it to me. But even for me, just like Deku, I didn't feel deserving of the card. I, I think you remember, like, well, you see a lot more in season two. But Deku doesn't feel it deserving for for one for one for all for mm-hmm. majority of the show because he's like, I just I was given to me. But the same thing that All Might said: luck is different from opportunity earned. It's no, not I, I even had to do in therapy in terms of feeling I'm deserving of what was given to me because that's obviously a thing that we can also struggle through within life is that. Sometimes we don't we imposter syndrome. Sometimes we feel we're undeserving of our success or the things that come to us. But go on back to you. No, so again, I completely understand what you're saying, but I think that I think again, I think we can agree with. If I was a viewer, 
and I'm going to make this point again, but if I was a viewer, again, the the path Rockley chose just seems way realistic than the path Deku chose. Now, let's talk about the power that was given to him, right? Because you're making a case of an analogy here. When I'm making a simple case of literally, like, you know, the real world experience. But let's talk about the analogy part. Okay, so I still don't think that Deku was deserving of the of the power. He was un, he was unable to control it in the beginning. For that, just like the just like the Sasuke part, you have to keep watching for that one. That one you have to see. But I definitely because, because in in, in your case it was a perfect it was a perfect situation where it was given to you at the right time, right moment. Whereas remember what All Might said, I'm giving you this power, but you're not able to. I know you're not able to control it. Even if you were to do the ten months training, you still won't be able to control it. Do you remember that? Of course. Yeah. So in my case, even then, so, when he was he was given the power, I, I don't think that he was. When I got the car, he was I actually had like three different minor car accidents with it because I wasn't ready for it. It okay. took time. Like I said, I think so. Here's my my main disagreement with you. You're saying you as a viewer, you don't find it relatable. I can I can definitely respect that, but to say like viewers, can't... no, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying th this is what I'm saying. This is what I'm mm -hmm. saying. Okay. Let's remove. Let's remove all the the fi fictional aspect of the, like the superpower. Like let yeah. me let's eat this eat this mm -hmm. hair and you're gonna get superpower. And mm -hmm. let's remove Rock Lee uh, Super Saiyan. Super Saiyan. Yeah. Okay. So let's remove those two aspects of the show. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know it won't make sense because you know the show is fictional to begin with. So right. I I completely understand. But what I'm saying is this. This is my point. If I was a viewer and I said, okay, which one am I able to relate to so the most? That's where I disagree with you, but go on. Okay, which one am I able to relate to the most? Mm -hmm. Okay, so a person now remember this is no analogy. Like literally look at it like this. I'm looking at I'm looking at this very literal, right? Mm -hmm. So you have Deku here. Never really did, done any training until like he was given that power, right? He did no training. But just because he did 10 months of training, he thought he was deserving of it. Anyways, whatever. Go on. <laughs> I don't disagree with you on that. Go on. You know, and then, you know, All Might says, you know what? Do 10 months of training and then I'm going to give you, you know, I'm going to give you my power. Whatever. Given the power. Or you have this person here who has been training since they were three, four years old. Mm -hmm. Every single day. Let me do 200 push-ups. Let me do... 500 punches let me do 100 kicks mm -hmm. since the age of i don't How's know god it? how long like, yeah like five or mm -hmm. six years old mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. kept working kept working kept working mm -hmm. kept working mm -hmm. never stopped mm -hmm. felt doubted been told mm -hmm. he's not a ninja whatever Mm -hmm. To me personally, in terms of work ethic, when I just look mm -hmm. at these two characters, mm -hmm. I'm able to relate more with Rock Lee than I am with Deku because That's Deku fine. didn't start. I agree with you on that, and I think, and I think, majority of the people. That's where I disagree with you, and that's fine. So, okay, so <laughs> I think. Hold on, hold on. Let me on, finish my. Let me finish my point. Okay, I think that majority of the people will be mm -hmm. able to relate with Rock Lee. Mm -hmm. Than Deku because mm -hmm. when you look at 
anything like let's say for example any interest that someone is willing to do whether it's rollerblading skateboarding basketball soccer they know especially if you want to do it at a very high competitive competitive level they know you have to start off somewhere and you have to fight really hard right you don't mm -hmm. just wake up you don't just wake up when you're 12 years old like deku mm -hmm. I'm going to train for 10 months and then I'm going to be given this power here. No, mm -hmm. what's going to happen is you're going to, it's going to be like a Rock Lee situation. I'm not saying you're going to start at two or three years old, but mm -hmm. you're definitely going to start, you know, you're going to start somewhere, right? You're going to start probably, I don't know, like nine, seven years, old. especially if mm -hmm. this is your calling, this is extremely your passion. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to suffer. You're going to suffer. You're going to work hard. You're going to be determined. You're going to practice like exactly what you told me with the video game. Until mm -hmm. you're extremely good at it. Okay. You know, something was not just given to you in order for you to be good at it. Okay. You worked, it was blood, sweat, and tears. It was mm -hmm. all your effort. Yes, you got some assistance, mm -hmm. you know, you got guidance, but it was still mm -hmm. your effort. You still had to yes. show up. Whereas, okay. for example, yeah, exact example, Go Deku. Mm -hmm. Deku, what mm -hmm. did he do? Well, you know, okay. let me just write this book. Right. Okay, okay. Let me just analyze people's skills. He mm -hmm. never had to run a mile. Okay. All right. Now until, I'm, now I'm jump until in. he was like now 12, 13 years old. Okay. So now I'm going to jump in. So I'm going to yeah. do that. Here's my three points I'm going to disagree on. So, first point. Yeah. There's nothing. So, this is you're projecting how you feel about those two characters onto a mass audience. There's no way you can confirm, especially with, like I said, looking at upvotes of like 5,000 people saying, Deku's story has such a big impact on my life. No, and you know what? You know what? So, You're completely right. I'm just making an exactly outlandish so statement. Yeah, that sounds that sounds fine. true. That sounds true. That most likely sounds true, but we don't know whether or not it's true. So, but that's why I'm saying you're projecting like this is what this. You're what you're saying is for me. Like viewers will feel this way. No, you as your own viewer feel that way about these two characters, and that's perfectly fine. Everyone has different things about both characters, right? Perfectly fair. I can't tell you how to feel one way about a character or another. Yeah, the way I the 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 way I break it down, realistically yeah, speaking. Hold on, hold on. Yeah. Other point being, I literally just said Deku doesn't feel good about having those powers, and it's something that I related to in a sense of earning something and getting something. And one could even say, even in terms of training, like that's the same way as all for one was sorry, one for all was passed on to him. Knowledge is yeah. still passed through. It's the same thing for me in terms of like my handyman skills or whatever, even like when I had like the 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 top one of the top Blaze Blue players trained me in Blaze Blue. His name is, is Spark. He passed on knowledge. One could say that's very similar to how one for was passed on. I won't go into that so much because that's more of my way of thinking and processing information. Yeah. The last point being is it's like you're judging. You've done this before because you also did this when we were talking about Naofumi. You judge mm -hmm. critically character. You judge characters too critically before seeing their story played out fully. You did yeah. this with we did this with Naofumi in a sense. Like, why is this guy crying? Like, what's wrong with this guy? And then you saw him developing. Like, yo, I actually respect this character. You did no. This. The, the, this case is different because I'm judging the beginning. I'm not judging. That's what I'm though. saying. You're also judging. This that was the beginning of Naofumi's story. I'm saying you're also doing the same thing at Deku. This is the you only watched the first season. You haven't seen Deku actually runs miles to learn how to use one for all because he can't do it. Because even after all my training him, he still has to go back and diligently train. Like that's all I alluded to it, but I don't want to I don't want to spoil the show for you so much. Every day this character is training. Like, you know, even when he's studying, 
He's lifting weights. Just no, work. listen, I'm not saying he ever since he got the power, he's not training anymore. I'm not saying that. But when he never got the power, he never trained. He didn't know how to train. The same thing with Rockley. He wasn't neither of them were training efficiently. Yeah, Rockley was physically training, but Rockley wasn't doing great in school. Deco was doing good in school, but he didn't have the body for it. If anything, they're like inverse of each other. But with now let, let me ask you this. Who are you able to connect with most? Equally, to be honest with you. When I watch, like, I'm actually surprised I'm actually okay doing this episode, but when I watched yeah. the first four episodes, yeah. um, is it the first? No, the first two episodes. The first two episodes of Hero Academia, and I watched episode, for me, I think it's a bit different with how they, they have it on. Rockley's fight 40, 49, and 50, I cry. Like, I literally, my, I get waterworks. I told you about that. I'm actually surprised I didn't cry at all for this episode. And then mm-hmm. even there's a point that I, I wanted to bring up in season four. Deku has this scene with All Might. And I didn't say, expect it coming, but uh, it, it spoke on my experience with my dad and why he, he wants to live for me. Mm-hmm. And that also, that scene also made me very emotional. Like both, both characters make me very emotional. And I don't get emotional from characters. And then the other character, the thing I told you, the other character <laughs> that made me emotional was er- was Erwin Smith. His final yeah. speech, which so basically anything that reminds me of my dad gets me emotional. Anything that reminds me of my dad, I, I, it's, it's waterworks for me because he means so much to me, and I see mm-hmm. him go through so much in his life. So anytime that that anyone reminds me of of of, of them, ah, here we go again, about to cry. Damn, yeah, that's so that's actually so beautiful. Thank you, thank you. I hate it though because sometimes be, I can't. Like, I'm not trying to watch this episode. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get the waterworks. I'm not ready for that. But no, I definitely understand how both characters. I well, I would see even more controversially, Deku can be understandable how one can relate to him. But I definitely say no. He he's put in the work, and you see it throughout the series, and that's something. Well, absolutely, that, absolutely. That's something that like I I respect when they both like I said they basically both su- go super saiyan. No, no, absolutely. I even even uh, finishing season one, you see him. He's always put in the work. I see. Yeah. That. No, it gets even ever, more like ever ever since he got the power, he's been putting in work like crazy. It's different. It's different from like you really see. It. That's how I would say it. season two. You really see it. You really see the because, and that's what I really liked about it is the fact that he got it, but his body couldn't handle it, so he mm-hmm. still has to work hard. It wasn't just because it would have it would have diminished for me would have diminished the series if he was just like out the gate super saying like you know Rockley is you know at at when we first see him fight right it wouldn't yeah. be the same. But the fact that he had to build up to it once again to be able to get to this point. It shows that, like, even when you get something, you still have to work at it dil- diligently over and over. You don't just... How would I word this? Things in life don't come too easy. Even opportunities, they don't come too easy. You got you to gotta work at it every day. And yeah, now- no. No, I know. He worked. Ever since he got the power, he worked extremely hard. I see it. Yeah. So, no, I definitely, I think this would be a great, I think we definitely have to have another part two for this in terms of Deku and Rockley, <laughs> the conversation when it comes to them and how we feel about them, especially as, you, as you're going to see Rockley keep going in, in the series in terms of Deku as well. It's very mm-hmm. interesting to see the, them grow as characters versus the boy they are at the beginning and, you know, just no one believing them, as you said. You know, Rockley, I would say, is also borderline delusional, to be honest with you. To be like, for the doctor to be like, no, you can't. And you be like, no, I'm still going to do it. Bro, the doctor said you can't. Like, get another job. <laughs> That's crazy. And uh, like I said, just having that one person believes in you. But th- there was a little thing I wanted to talk to you about before we ended this. You mm-hmm. felt that All Might would die 
after he, you know, gives up his powers. Eh? And you, you're talking about this. Yeah, I wanted you to talk about that. I feel like that was a really interesting aspect to talk about in the series. Oh, yeah. So this was just, again, remember, I, I still never watched. How many seasons are there of My Hero? Like season six. six? Yeah, so this is probably like halfway, halfway through season one mm-hmm. that I've watched. Mm-hmm. I, I've noticed because, now, again, this is just mere speculation. I don't know whether sure. or not he's actually going to die. No, no, but, but I think this is a good conversation point. Yeah, so the reason I thought he was going to die is because, so first of all, you're giving someone your power away, power right. away, right? Right. It tends to be a trend. When you give something that powerful, it's because... Oh, we lost Jordan. That was funny. <laughs> My phone just randomly died. I was like, no, wow. <laughs> That's when I got to the juicy part. Yeah. Okay. You were saying about All Might and your speculation. I think there's a good conversation point, which is why I wanted to bring it up. Yeah. So, yeah, in superheroes, of course, you always have this idea that we have to pass on, we have to create the new generation, we have to pass on our power to the new generation. So that's okay. So that's number one. That's when I realized. Number two was he was getting physically weaker. Right. He's saying, oh, I can't maintain this form anymore. Like, like yeah. I couldn't. Like I could before. And he started saying this, of course, ever since he gave the power away. Mm-hmm. That's number two. Number three, he was saying, okay, you know, my stomach. I don't know if he had an ulcer, but he was having stomach problems. He lost internal organs. Yeah, so, you know, that. Okay, so in my mind, okay, you know what's going to happen? He's going to have an organ failure or something like that. Something's going to happen where then he passes away and Deku's all my power that he inherited becomes much stronger because of his passing or something like that. So those three speculation alone, I saw, okay, you know what? I don't know if the writers, you know, getting prepared to just write this character off, but I think that he's going to pass away. And not only that, another one was, remember that cover art that you made? I think the background, the sky was like orange, reddish. Are you talking about the thumbnails? Yeah, the thumbnail you created. Yeah. So in that scene, so there's a scene that actually looked exactly like that, where he gives it, where he gives him a talk, and I think he speaks about how you have to believe in yourself or something like that, or I think it was the idea of responsibility, and it just sounded like okay, you know what, this character's out, like we're getting prepared to 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 just write him off, but anyways, it was those three main speculation that that made me think that okay, yeah, he's he's out. I think that's a really good, so the reason I wanted to bring that up, I think there's a really good conversation point in the sense of, because you brought up like, why did Rockley and I, and I keep going after we had our surgeries? Yeah. Our, our respective surgeries. And I remember Deco also did the same thing, like after like one of his fights, like he had a busted arm and he's like, all right, time to do pushups. And it's like, bro, you can't walk. What are you doing? Yeah. I don't, I'm going to avoid going to spoiler territory without talking about without going into detail for you because I, I want you to see it for yourself first and i think there needs to be a conversation of us men valuing ourselves beyond our physical abilities and what we can do Interesting. i think there's there's more than enough value that come from us from the our, our experience and the knowledge that we can pass on more than what what just what we can do for physically and 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 resource wise do for our our families and our communities and i think that gets lost a lot i i I know that 
in many ways, my dad learned to going back when we talked about, you know, the, you know, one form passing on. My dad passed on a lot of responsibilities onto me in terms of, you know, like upkeeping when we used to live in the house. Now I'm in Toronto in a, in a condo, you know, when it came to like, you know, mowing the lawn and like removing the snow and things like that. I've seen how a lot of our fathers have struggled to let go of those responsibilities because, you know, those were the things that they were used to doing. Yeah. And so they try to do 25-year-old things when they're 55. And the thing is, like, yeah, you can probably do them, but at the end of the day, you're not you're not 25 anymore. You're 55. You're 65. And so mm-hmm. you have to get ready to let go of those things to the next generation. You have to let go of that need to prove yourself physically and, and what you can do physically and resource-wise and focus on what you can do from a mentoring standpoint and how you can guide the next generation. And I think that gets lost a lot. When we, when we look at and I had this conversation with Sheed. It's not a spoiler. You may play the game at some point, but Final Fantasy 15, me and Sheed were talking about it, and we are looking at the promotional material for the game. And as soon as we found out the main character's dad loves, like the main character Noxus, his Rages, loves his son, this guy's going to die. Sure enough, he died. He died right, right at the beginning of the game. But it just goes to show that for there's good dads, they die. And whenever a good dad, you're expected to give your life. But what if you don't have to? Why is that always that the case? Why do we have to die once we're not able to give as much physically and resource-wise? Doesn't that, isn't there not something to gain from our experience and our knowledge? Let's have a conversation about that. And I think that gets lost a lot for us men. Like as much as, you know, like maybe when you're, when you're, when you're 25, after you have your surgery, you can still do push-ups, but maybe you not want to go when you're 55. Okay, so I'm, first, I'm, first of all, I'm going to say this. So does, I feel like all my just becomes a, me- a mentor. The way you just explained that, he just becomes a support support system for Deku then. I don't want to answer because then that also yeah. leads into a conversation about my dad. So I, I want to... No, you made, it, you made it kind of obvious for me. <laughs> but there's... It, it, there's something that happens too. I can't, I don't want to talk. That's how yeah. I want to, you know, I don't want to ruin it. But okay. that's part of the conversation I had. And I really found that, in, I really found that interesting. Cause like, to be honest with you, overall, like when I was watching this, I was worried all my, all my's going to die. Yeah. Because he, you know, he's losing his power, right? He's going to die. That's what you're expecting. But it's like, why does that have to be the case? Right. Well, yeah. So I understand exactly what you're saying. But remember, it wasn't just because he was losing his power. For for me, at least. For me, for at sure. Least. It's also this. It, it was the, the mythology behind passing on and so on and so forth. It was that, and the fact that if he was just losing his power, mm-hmm. then I wouldn't. I'll be honest with you. I wouldn't think he was dying. But mm-hmm. it was the fact that he was having the organ issue, like he was having right. the stomach issue too, and he was like, "Oh," and he, he was coughing up blood, right? So okay, yeah, he's very true. Out. But, but you but know, with the... anime, sorry for jumping in, just a small joke. You know, coughing up blood in anime is equivalent of having a cold. That's what they do all the time. Yeah, but I've seen so many animes to the point when they're coughing up blood, then you're going to find themselves on a bed sure. saying, yeah, you know. So, anyway, that was in the back of my mind. But, okay, but let's talk about, let's just make the case that I did say, okay, you know, just because he lost his power, I thought he was going to die. Why do they have to die? That's the question, right? I, I don't know. I think that in the anime community is just I see it like and this is gonna sound bad though. It's like in the anime itself, they need the main character for uh, they have to establish some sort of character development. 
So, you know, the quickest way to do that is by killing off a parent, whether it's both parents, the mom and the dad, or just the dad and, and the mom is just there. Never the mom. Feet. I never see it's just the mom. It's rarely the, just the mom. Or the mom dies by an illness. Yeah, it's rare. Yeah, yeah it's very, very, oh, very, yeah. very right. It's yeah. very rare. But it's oftentimes, if it's not just the dad, it's both the parents. Yes. If it's not, yeah, 100%. If it's not just the dad, it's both the parents. Or yeah, the mom dies of an illness. The mom is never yeah. Or the mom yeah, exactly. And then the dad's just there telling the stories of how your mom died and whatever. Exactly. But I I think I think the thing is this though. It's of course the animated logic is the the main character. Of course, he has to be a youth because we don't we don't want like a middle aged man to be the main character. Like you that. know, that was almost the main character for Hero, right? He was almost going to be like twenty two. Just fun fact. Now that's not as bad as you know, thirty or forty years old person. No, four yeah. years old person, because they have to sell. You know, they have to sell, right? Mm -hmm. They have to be relatable. But mm -hmm. I think okay, so it's character development. That's number one, of course, for the main character. That's the quickest way to do it. The second way, I think that if I was to relate this to the real life, like our world here, I think it's because we know as men that our value is tied into what we can do for society. Like that's whether or not we're competent. I agree. So, so it's like if he's not going to be strong anymore, what's the use of him? What's exactly what's the use of him? So, and I think that's a good conversation point. And I think that's something for us to reflect on as men in terms of. I'll be honest with you. This is this is one thing where, to a certain to a certain degree, I can agree with it. To a certain degree, it, you brought up a really good example. You said, you're right. You can't do something when you're 50. You can't do 25 years old activities. Now, I can agree with that statement. But I feel like just as a man, we still have to be competent to a certain, to a certain degree. Absolutely. Now, whether or not, yeah. So whether or not is this what defines us? Again, it depends on the individual, right? Depends I think it's about re... re realigning and reinterpreting your competencies that's the reason why i said more of speaking on your experience as a mentor and and yeah. as as and someone with experience because i can tell you when my dad had his last like last major stroke which is really what the one that hit him the hardest yeah. is because he was trying to do too much as like a 65 year old man and that's what aggravated his blood vessels so i've seen yeah. this firsthand in terms sorry yeah, no, that's, I'm sorry to hear that, man. It's okay. And that's the reason why, like, when you brought up that point, I was like, I think we need to start having these conversations of why, why would we expect these mentors to die after they've given or after they've, they've fought or whatever it is? Why can't they continue living? Why is that not part of the conversation? Why is that? Why? Yeah. Why hasn't that been part of the conversation? Right. I think that's, I think that's something worth talking about. Even yes. in terms of Guilty Gear, yes. my favorite character, Kai, his mentor dies after passing on his weapon to him. Like, why does he have to, why can't he teach him, continue to teach him how to use a weapon and be a guy, right? Like, that's typically the thing. Like, you give and then you die. Why does he have to die right after? Why can't he continue to give in different ways? Why is there, why is it so static? Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. The, the way I see it is like this. I feel like, of course, in life, you, you need a level of balance, right? So, Agreed. for example, your father. I, this, I, this is what I, tr I truly believe. This I believe that 
as a man, regardless, yes, you're supposed to, you're supposed to be a perfect human being, even though we're not. That's what's expected of us, though. You mean perfect? <laughs> you mean to be a leader? Leader, emotionally, emotionally intelligent. Yeah. Uh, high IQ, high EQ. Like we're literally like the ideal archetype for men is that we're yeah. supposed to be perfect, especially mm -hmm. if we want to procreate. You know. So, so that's exactly what society is telling us. But I think, and I believe this, I think fundamentally though, men, you know, we're supposed to acquire value. So we're supposed to be yeah. a man of value. We're supposed it's to acquire value. Yeah, it's expected. And I think that that's exactly what we should do. Only because with it, we can raise the next generation to be better than they were before. Agreed. I would say we're not expected to be perfect. I would say we're expected to have or be an ideal for others to strive towards. Similar to what Superman's dad. It's more, or less, it's more or less the same when you think about it. Well, perfect implies that you can't, you have, you have to be without flaw versus ideal is something that you're constantly working towards every day. You may not be the best. You may not, you may make mistakes. You may fall, but at least you're going to get up and keep moving towards that thing. Yeah. But the expectation is there. And that is a great conversation for Askeladd and Vinland Saga, to be honest with you. <laughs> That's why I want to talk about this, the idea of vulnerability and leadership. What does it mean to lead? What does it mean to be to, to, to create an ideal for others to follow, for you to, to strive towards? It's a great conversation. And I'm definitely looking forward to those episodes that we've already hinted at a little bit. You know? Yeah, um, no, the, the, this conversation is nice. It's, it's absolutely deep, yeah. Now you see why I was looking forward to doing this. I'm looking, and I think, like I said, we need to revisit, you know, just this conversation about Deco and Rockley and just, you know, the things that they were able to do and and are able to do just from having the right people in their in their in their circle of support, right? Yeah. Even in terms of, like I said, we were talking about one of my youth and how we're supporting her with her her panic attacks. Now she's moving back here to Toronto. This is all because of the resources that she has. Yeah. It's the world is interesting, man. We men, the men have to bear a lot of responsibility. We have to bear but a lot of responsibility. It's not to say that women don't also, because I think that they also bear a lot of responsibility too. But the way yeah, we have to bear a lot of responsibility. Agreed. Yeah. You know, there's nothing like at a certain point in your life, you go super saiyan. Like these two characters in the background, Deku and Rockley, you're just seeing them like, yo, how... And there's nothing like as much as, you know, I hate, you know, like I said, being called talented or whatever. There's nothing like going super sane with people around you. If you get what I'm trying to say, people are like, yo, who is this guy? How, how is he so sick with it? Yeah. How do you get to yeah. this point? And you're like, yo, the blood, sweat, and tears. Like when people see Deb and I together, it was a lot of work. It was a lot of work for us to get to this point. But the, you know why? This is why I love, and I already mentioned this, but this is why I love when Sakura says, why do you guys keep going? Like, wh wh what keeps you guys going? Go and it, it just puts Saiyan, into perspective. Girl. Huh? I'm trying to go Super Saiyan, baby girl. I'm trying to show everyone I'm I can trying go, to go But it just puts into perspective exactly just, I mean, at the fundamental core, the male ego, what it's willing to do, right? So it's, it's just when she said that, I was just like, damn. I felt that. Mm -hmm. Like, I never really thought about it. Like, I'll be honest with you. I never thought about why men go so hard. 
And also, sorry, another point. I don't. I didn't mean to interject. As much as like you were seeing Rockley and Deku go Super Saiyan, if they never kept going and they never met All Might and 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 uh, Might Guy, yeah, no one would feel bad for them. Yeah, yeah, that's a hard truth. No one would feel bad for them. Everyone's impressed by where they are now. But even though they have those deficits that make it harder for them to have gotten to where they are now, mm-hmm. no one would have felt bad for them if they didn't do it. Yeah, I agree. I so agree. as much as maybe you don't want to do push-ups right after you had your surgery and your arm is broken and you can't use your right arm and your right leg. No, his left arm and his left leg. Mm-hmm. No one's going to feel bad for you in a little bit. That's a good point. That's a really good point. After a while... People just won't care anymore. That's a harsh truth. And that's the sad reality that men have to live with. Which is why, go go on. Mm -hmm. It's the fact that at the moment, we could provide the most value, but the moment we stop, the minute we stop, it's, oh, this guy, he's, he's good for nothing. And he doesn't do anything. You know what? It brings me to another interesting story where you hear about again nba players while they're playing nba players Mm -hmm. yeah they have the most respect Mm -hmm. right and i've realized this behavior with now of course i'm not going to speak i think i know where you're going with this yeah exactly i'm not going to speak for every single fans because of course i don't know their opinions on this but i've seen few people act where when the moment they stop playing they treat them as Oh, this guy's just a old guy, whatever. He he's not in the NBA anymore. It doesn't even matter. His opinion doesn't matter anymore. So, for example, whenever you have those commentators of you know people who used to play in the past, they're like, "Well, it doesn't matter. The game changed. Mm-hmm. Like, who are you? You know." Mm-hmm. And and I find myself guilty doing that too. Like for mm-hmm. example, when I had, I think who was it? Like you have like the the Baron Davis and and those guys. Just mm-hmm. talk about exactly the nature of basketball, where it's going. Well, it doesn't matter. You played like almost 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. The game changed. Recency wise too. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And what I wasn't realized what I was doing is the fact that I was tying their value to what they were providing. And, and so, was, yeah. yeah. There's, a, there's one extra point I add to the NBA point. One of those things. It's a really good point that you said. I'll wrap it up on this. But this is the reason why a lot of NBA players go broke after sport professional athletes go broke after retirement because we as men struggle to reinvent ourselves after we pass on, you know, the knowledge of the gates and Taijutsu or one for all. We don't know what to do with ourselves after we don't know how to reinvent ourselves after that point. And so we go broke or in the case of anime, we might as well just die. Right. But it's up to us as men to also, as much as we're striving to, in our young days to become, you know, go super saying, you know, 100% one for all or, you know, seven or eight gates open, we had to be able to reinvent ourselves after those points when we, you know, I guess for lack of a better word, don't know how to do, aren't able to do those things anymore. Mm-hmm. It's very important for us to do so because there's knowledge, there's, there's, a, there's value in our knowledge, but we have to learn to reinvent ourselves. But yes. This has been a great conversation. We had really, yeah. a really good debates, man. It was good. Absolutely, absolutely. A lot of oh, passionate debates. Yeah, yo, I feel so strongly about these two characters, which is why you see me like, yo, what? 
what did you say about it? Because I really feel very strongly about these two characters. They've had such a big impact on me to make me like get emotional. I don't mm-hmm. get it. You see me, you saw you were at my wedding. I didn't cry. Like people were like, oh, you're gonna cry. I didn't cry. And you know, that, know that's exactly what I said. I said, uh, what's the character name? Um, Erwin, right? Mm-hmm. So I said, remember what I told you through text? I said, so you didn't cry at the wedding, but you cried when <laughs> Aaron's last battle call. <laughs> this guy. Yeah. So to give you perspective on that. Yeah, tell tell this listener. What yeah, I'll, I'll give you perspective on why that had such a big impact on me, and then we'll end it here. So you remember Erwin's speech? He was talking about the dead and how we give meaning to the dead. Yeah. My dad's sick. He's not like he he's a dependent now. And so he's not able-bodied and able to do things on his own. So when Erwin was giving his speech about the living, for me, it's like, what are you doing, Ibera, to honor your dad's life? To show that his meaning had value. His life had meaning and value. And so that's what he was just, that's what the speech had to be. Like, literally, like, Deb and I are watching this scene. Deb was like, is this scene? And I literally just turned to her and I said, dad. And then she immediately got it. She knew exactly what how, why that scene had a, such a big impact on me. It's because it was him talking about, yes, the world is cruel. Yes, p- these people have died, but they died for us. And the only and the way we give their life meaning is by what we do in our lives and what we and how we make use of our life. And yo, that hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe at some point. I like I, I, I really like the quote, and also it was uh, what I like. What I like about it the most is the fact that he never he never hid the truth. He just said, yes. "Listen, yes, we're gonna do this, and you you guys are gonna die." Yeah. So that might that might be a good way of us comparing Ascalad and and Irwin. We'll see how that looks like. It's very like, good. It depends. Again, it depends on the situation, right? It depends. In certain case, that may be actually poor leadership, even despite the fact that. Is being extremely honest, but in that case, you just had no way out, so you just had to do what you had to do. Mm-hmm. Very true. Yeah. So I guess it just depends on the setting situation. Facts. That would be a good. Yeah. I guess we'll compare. We'll compare and contrast Ascalad and, and Irwin in our episode about Vinland Saga. Season two is coming out. I think March twenty twenty three. Okay. Not out here overworking their their animators. So looking forward to that. Not them overworking their animators. We definitely need. They definitely need to get paid more. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. Jordan, if you have any lasting comment, any last words you want to add for this? No, I'm looking forward to the next debate. <laughs> this guy calls it a base. Conversation. <laughs> <there's> conversation. <laughs> uh, I like to call it a debate because it's passionate. Yeah, no, our next episode is on Mob Cycle and and another episode on, on Dragon Ball Z and Fatherhood are definitely ones I'm looking forward to. Dragon Ball will be probably more of a debate one, if anything, because we're also going to be talking about who has who's the best dad in Dragon Ball, which which is Piccolo, one hundred percent Vegeta. I think I was thinking Vegeta as well. Oh, <laughs> I guess I'm going to say Piccolo then. Well. I'm going to say Piccolo then. What? <laughs> this guy is disagreeing with me. Anyway, <laughs> hope you guys enjoy this conversation. We're out. All right, later. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and a review. To catch the latest news, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at BlackNerdTalks. And if you enjoyed our latest episode, consider subscribing to the podcast. Thanks again. We'll see you next time.